Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time, featuring Joe C. Dang it. Matt Hayes. I'm not running over the Barnett Tower and heaving myself off. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my head. Yeah, and Leon Searcy. Keep everything above the way. How you like me now? Welcome in Wednesday. Playoff week. Divisional week. It's called the best weekend in college. The best weekend in the National Football League. Now, you had Super Wild Card weekend, uh, which rolled from Saturday to Monday, but now you've got the Elite Eight, the Final Four in the AFC, the Final Four in the <laughs> NFC, and your Jacksonville Jaguars are part of all of that. Now, there's some chatter coming out of Kansas City about where this game will go, uh, but know this that Kansas City Chiefs defense gives up more than their fair share through the air. Know that. Uh, And the other one, Chris Jones. I want all eyes on Chris Jones. Don't let him anywhere near our quarterback. The last time Chris Jones attacked a Jaguar quarterback in the backfield, he broke his collarbone, and it was 11 plays into a game. And so we can't have that happening. But today, it's a a Wednesday. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton, they bring you today's show. They've always got stuff going on over there. Great time with the cool temperatures to get on out and tee it up. 287 play. Make sure you give them a shout if you're planning an event, if you just want to go out there with a foursome. Take a look at that practice range. It's an awesome, awesome place to go and work on your game. The Golf Club of Southampton. Now, when we look at this this game, Chris Jones is probably public enemy number one, okay? I think most every Jaguar fan out there would probably agree with that. Uh, But as we like to do on Wednesdays, we like to go with, you know, what worries you, what's got you fired up. Those things that came out of that Saturday night game probably had you fired up because you came from 27 down. And then those things that came out of that game probably have you worried because you were down 27 points to start. So we're going to look at this game from from all facets. But one thing, Leon, is that – secondary has given up 33 touchdowns this year and they're one of the teams that at the very least is porous on the back end if this team can get it going with we all know now the weapons are out there they're real a tight end and three wide receivers that can do damage uh, it'd be nice to see him attack that Kansas City Chiefs well, team. Well, the, listen, one thing that's promising about the Jaguars, if you, if you pull anything from last week, is the fact that they protected well. Mm-hmm. All right? You had you had Khalil Mack and you had Bozo on both sides. And then Turley, you did a decent job. And I, outside the, the tackles position, you kept them at bay. So if you got a secondary with the Kansas City Chiefs, I mean, the secondary and the pass rush go hand in hand. And if the Chiefs' d- defense is not able, their front four is not able to get to our quarterback, that's going to be more time for Trevor to get passes downfield to our wide receivers, so it, it works with hand in hand. If, if our if our offensive line can be steady, the way they've been steady the last couple of weeks, we, our ability to, to put points on the board, mm-hmm. I'm confident that this team can get. Now, everybody wants to talk about Chris Jones. Chris Jones has been a side and out throwing for what? How many years? He's been a side and out throwing for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, he broke. I remember Nick where, Foles I, rem- yeah, I exactly. I remember where I was. I was actually in the press box when I saw because I saw two things. I saw AJ can get beat. And I saw that dime that Nick Foles threw in the end zone. Yeah. I, and when I saw the dime, I didn't want to look to my left because I know that something bad had happened when A.J. Kane got beat and he broke Nick Foles' collarbone, which, which 
ensued. In oh, yeah. brought, brought the game. All things considered. Yeah, all things considered, whatever. But, yeah, he's got to be blocked. He's got to be neutralized. That's why you bring in a guy like Brandon Sheriff, who's yeah. all pro. You got all pro on all pro. Good on good. Great on great. He's got to neutralize him. None of this whiffing and getting beat inside off on the corner. But here's the thing about Chris Jones. He plays a one, the three, and the five. So the center, the guard, and the tackle are going to see him. And at some particular point, you got to put your big boy pants on and say, listen, mm-hmm. yeah, he's an awesome talent. Awesome talent. It's got to be blocked. It's got to be blocked. It's easy it, to it's say. All, it's got to be blocked. I mean, you're asking, you're asking Fortner <clears throat> and friend of the show, Shatley, to step up like they never have stepped up. But they're going to have to be doing. But listen, bro. That's, just, that's, a, that's a game the, record right there. Chris yeah. Jones is a game record. Well, here's the thing. If you, if, you, if you think he's a game record, guess what? He's going to be a game record. If you go in the game thinking that he's going to wreck shop, guess what he's going to do? He's going to wreck shop. What's in the name? You're giving him too much too much merit in his name with Chris Jones. The hell with Chris Jones. Huh? He's in the way. Why don't they use you over that facility? Like, I'm just saying he's in the way, man. You give too, like, I just say you give too talk. much credence to a name and a player, and then when you go into the game, your mentality is that he he's going to wreck shop. If you go into the game like, hey, the hell with Chris Jones. He's, he's in our way. He needs to be blocked. <clears throat> In order for us to achieve what we need to achieve, then it's going to get done. You know what they used to say about Mike Tyson is he'd win fights before he even uh, got exactly. in the ring. He did. Exactly. Um, so he can be doubled. So when 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 they're like an even front, he can be doubled, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, well, yeah if he's on, if he's on the, if he's in the, in the well, shade, even, even if he's head up. But see, here's the thing: if he's in the shade between the guard and the in the in the center, they're going to blitz. So he won't. So he won't be double teamed. I would. I would bless a linebacker because you don't want him. To, you want him that one-on-one matchups. So if he's in the if he's in the gap between the center and the guard, and they're double teaming him, deep, more than likely the defense coordinator is going to send a linebacker. So one of the guys got to come All off. Right, so well, he's got to pick him up then. Well, <laughs> well, they got, well they, then they got to send two. Yeah. So I'll throw this monkey wrench into the equation as well. No Frank Clark the last time the Jaguars and Chiefs played because he was suspended. He is questionable. He has a groin injury. He was limited in practice yesterday. Yeah. I didn't even realize, knowing the Chiefs had a week off last week, that that would be the case. Trevor Lawrence actually brought it up in his press conference yesterday, and I was like, really? He's still banged up? And sure enough, injury report came out, and he was limited in yesterday's practice. I would think he's going to try to play, but Leon, if you add Frank Clark to the equation, with all due respect to the r- rookie George Karloftis out of Purdue, who's been awesome, I mean, Frank Clark then adds a whole nother dimension then to that pass rush that then you have to account for in addition to Chris Jones. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's going to be hard. Well, you got a wily old vet who who's got who's very he's very seasoned. It's going to be very interesting to see how Walker Little plays against him because you know Walker's only been in the league what two years, and Frank Clark's been in the league away at least ten. Uh, it's been a while. I know he's drafted twenty fifteen, so he's my age. Twenty fifteen, yeah, so, so he's eight been years. about eight years. Yeah. He's been my age, but he's a seasoned vet. Yeah, and you know he's he's a wily old vet, and he knows uh, rookies have a tendency. Walker Little has played well. You just don't want him to put Walker Little in a part where he's bailing. He doesn't stick to his technique and his right. fundamentals. Yeah. Because it's going to be hard enough as it is because it's going to be in silent count. So ultimately, the defensive side is going to have the edge on the offensive line because there's going to be crowd noise. Sure. And they're going to get a jump on things. Juwan Taylor, there's going to be a reference and there's going to be a note that, 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 that the Kansas City Chief says, hey, watch this guy. He has a tendency to jump a little early. Yeah. So he's going to have to be careful about that. But I'm excited. I want to see how these guys respond yeah, I mean, to it, yeah, man. After last week, yes. the edge to me, it's going to be a battle. That's not my concern unless Chris Jones moves to the edge, which he has done yeah, he has in done. previous games. Yeah, he does. If yeah. it's just those two, if it's Frank Clark and Karloftis, 
I'm all right with that. I'll, oh, take, Clark, I'll Clark, take my chance with that all day long. Man. Yeah. Clark's got a little dirty in him and a little crafty in him. And, and like we said, he's been around. Now, they've played 17 games. He played in 15 of them, but he only has five sacks. It's not like – and even if you look at his total tackles, I want to say it's less than 40 uh, right now. And, again, pass rushers aren't necessarily bringing guys to the ground all the time. But if – They're affecting the quarterback. Exactly. And, and, and the groin – like Joey Bosa came into this last game with a groin injury. Correct. He was on the injury report. Uh the groin didn't affect him. His mouth affected him. That, that, he got tossed. Uh, but, you know, or, or Juwan affected got him, flagged. Too, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he did a good job. And he so frustrated that, that's him, the yeah. thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, Clark, 39 <clears throat> tackles right on the nose, Josie. Okay. Very yeah. good job. My concern beyond this defensive front for the Chiefs is the linebacking core because – if you remember, go back to that Week 10 meeting between the Jaguars and the Chiefs. It came on the heels of, yes, that Raiders victory, but then the five-game losing streak before it where Travis Etienne was playing awesome despite the Jaguars losing. He had three mm-hmm. games in which he went over for 100 yards. But I vividly remember discussing with him in the locker room in Kansas City how much the, the Chiefs linebacking core could go sideline to sideline, and they completely took away the edge game for the Jaguars, which had become mm-hmm. their bread and butter during that losing streak in having success with ETN in the run game. And so he then faced it against the Titans twice, actually three times, or no, twice, yes, twice. Mm-hmm. That AFC South de facto championship felt like a playoff game. That's mm-hmm. why I keep thinking yeah, they played it did, him. Really it feels did. like they played him three times. Um, but he faced, the, he faced a Titans team that also took away the edges. But I vividly remember him saying that they were not expecting it to be taken away as much as it was. Again, the linebacking core for this Chiefs team, Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, who second-leading tackler in the National Football League behind Foyer Lewican, and then Carlos Dunlap, who's also a pretty savvy vet. Yeah, he's been around a while uh, and, and a former Gator that has definitely made impact plays at times. And that's all you're really looking for, especially when you talk about the guys that are up in years a little bit. You know, they got a scripted number of plays. Go out there and, and, and have an impact. Well, here's, here's what you want, though. If, if you, Offensively, uh, if I'm an offensive coordinator or an offensive line coach, I mean, you, you send a message, you send a tempo setter by running the ball interiorly in, in, in between the tackles. I mean, I, I know ATN has – he has the uh, – the 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 ability to get outside, but mm-hmm. if you can get the interior of the offensive line to come off the ball on these guys, and ATN's hitting the holes in, in between the tackles, that's a clear message center, center because you're telling this defense right now that we're coming at you. We're going to line up. We're going to play a little bully ball. We're going to come right at you. I mean, good ATN on, on the, a couple of the sweeps and the outside uh, zone plays, loosen them, like, up. Loose them yeah. up a little bit. But you you got to be like a battering ram initially. You got to come straight at them. I mean, wherever Chris Jones is set up, wherever the linebacker, you got to go right at them because they anticipate you running outside. And then Mahomes sits on the sideline because they, they're sitting there saying, "There's no way this offensive line is going right. to is going to try to challenge Chris Jones and us interiorly." So they're going to try to run outside. And I, my message to them was like, "We're coming right at Chris Jones." That's what I would. do. Didn't he get like 20 in his first carry the last time they played? He got a big mm, run. He busted the first off a big carry. run. Yeah, he ended and up then, with only 46 yards. Yeah, and then they, but they got down. Yeah. And they once you start chasing points, then it's. Right. Right, and, and, and by Throwing the way, underwear. if we do talk about your jump in on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010, what worries you, what's exciting you uh, going into this game? Because that's what we want to hear. We're going to obviously attack this thing from a number of different ways uh, over the next three days. But the the Doug Peterson play caller, okay, if we were to go back and look at that, at that play-by-play game recap, I do agree with you. He probably abandoned the run. If you look at the second half of the season, 
He definitely blended more of the run. He blended Jamichael Hasty in with Travis Etienne. There were times when Etienne disappeared, but there were other times when he was the catalyst behind what they needed to do offensively and didn't necessarily rely on that ball being in the air all the time. And so if you go back, and you know he's going back, so is Andy Reid. Both of these coaches, one one was the teacher, the other was the pupil. Now they're both pretty dang good at, at calling plays in the National Football League. But Doug Peterson's going to go back and go, what worked, what didn't, what can I make sure works this time better or more often or whatever. And I'd have to go back and look at it, but Evan Ingram had coming out parties around that time and after that time. He really had coming out parties after that bye week. And so we'll see whether they got they can account for that. The multiple weapons that Jacksonville has now kind of rivals some of the other big groups that are out there because you can go, what has Kansas City always been? We can hit you from a lot of different spots. Well, now it's Travis Kelsey and company. Now they got Hardman, they got – Schuster, they've got coming out of the backfield, Paco Pacheco. They've got all those guys that can hit you and hurt you. But this team also has the same thing. We always talk about the trifecta, right? Yeah. In the NFL, they always mm-hmm. talk about the trifecta, the quarterback, running back, wide receiver. I mean, you got Trevor Lawrence, ETN, and you probably just go with Kirk. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. Right. It's going to be top yes. 10 in the league. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. That might even be top 7, 8 in the league. Yeah. So, I, I'm, I mean, you were talking about they have more weapons, though. I think actually Zay Jones was a better player after that game as well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you, you, even Christian Kirk, you can make an argument that Christian Kirk became a better player. The entire, the entire passing offense was different after that game. Yeah, so and it's this is not. I've been saying this all along. I said this last week with the Chargers when everybody said, "Oh yeah, with well, the Chargers were hurt," and I was like, "Well, this is a different team too." Yeah. And again, this is a different team going into Kansas City. So not the same team. Let's dive into the box score from that last meeting because I forgot. I mean, as much as. Yes, the offense struggled in the first half of that game. They did mm-hmm. come alive yeah, in the second yeah. half, and they you know, almost erased what was a 21-point deficit early on. Zay Jones finishing with eight catches for 68 yards, the longest of which was a 14-yard grab. That was on 10 targets. Christian Kirk, nine catches for uh, 105 yards. That included two touchdowns on 12 targets. Nine catches, 12 targets, but I said this to someone in the building last night. I still firmly believe, and that is why I do have optimism for the Jaguars in this game, if Christian Kirk catches that one ball down the sideline on the opening drive that would have brought the Jaguars to, I believe, the Chiefs' 11-yard line, right. yep. that would have changed the complete complexity mm-hmm. of this ball game, And mm-hmm. that is why I have faith, because not only has this Jaguars team grown since then, but I believe Christian Kirk is, you know, for all the jokes we had at the midpoint of the season about, oh, can he actually play in the elements? He struggled in Philadelphia. He struggled right. in the cold weather of Kansas City. He's played in two cold-weather games the last two Saturdays, and he's looked okay. Well, I, I was laughing when we were looking back, okay? They actually had a cold-weather game here. That's what helped them going into Kansas City is that they were you know, a little frostbit the other night. Uh, but listen to these numbers, okay? Evan Ingram went seven, seven catches for 93 yards. Christian Kirk, eight catches for 78 yards. Marvin, eight catches for 70 uh, – actually, excuse me, Zay, eight for 74, all three of them with a touchdown, Okay. <laughs> That, that's doing work from multiple different spots. That's two receivers and a tight end getting it done, meaning they can this team can attack secondaries from a lot of different angles. And that we haven't had. That's for sure. All right, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010, uh, and give us those angles of attack. What you're thinking? What's running through your head right now? Uh, and if you're game planning uh, for Saturday, either making the trip or game planning for a big party, uh, let us know. We'd love to hear that. Let's uh, just – just to tick a college here real quick, okay? Jaden Rashada uh, asked out of his letter of intent to the University of Florida 
a five, a four-star, however you want to rank him, but he was a dual-threat quarterback that had said yes to Miami, then it said yes to Florida, then signed with Florida, and then ultimately backed out. Well, Matt, I love the headline. I'm trying to remember exactly where I saw it. Um, it might have been ESPN, but anyway, Jaden Rashada formally released from his scholarship or letter of intent, and then it also included after $13 million NIL deal fell apart. That is also the second part of this headline. True, not true. We certainly can uh, we can throw out the possibilities of how true it is. Okay, well, first off, he hasn't been released. He wants his release. Mm-hmm. That's number one. And if I'm Florida, I say you can go wherever you want, but you can't go to the SEC Put school restrictions or Florida on State. It. Yep. Yeah. No SEC school, no Florida State. Other than that, you can go wherever you want. Um, 13 million is laughable. It's just not true. In fact, it's patently false. It's a, it was a fraction of that, a small, small fraction of that. So, again, I, I tried to mention this the last time we talked about this, is the problem right now in this, among many in the NIL world, is you've got advisors, middlemen, go-betweens, whatever you want to call them, that are trying to help these kids, steer these kids through this. Look, honestly, it's the underbelly of college football right now. Mm-hmm. And it, for so long, it was – you never saw it. It was just the – Money bags at the bus station or the Amazon lockers, you know? Yeah. The cash bags. Now it's right out in front. Mm-hmm. And you've got guys that, frankly, may or may not have the best interest of those kids at heart trying to steer them through this mess. Yeah. And you've got them telling media people that it's a $13 million. De- there are starting quarterbacks in the NFL that don't make $13 million. Yeah. All right? You're going to pay <laughs> a guy who's 18 years old, who's never thrown a pass in college football, who, by the way, he's not a top 10 recruit or a top 20 recruit, or a top 30 recruit, you're going to pay this guy $13 million because you need a quarterback? Are you out of your mind? Yeah, yeah. It's Pass. not It's not even real. And the fact that it keeps getting repeated over and over re- and I'll, over. I'll just read it right here. A person familiar with the situation told the Associated Press on the condition of anonymity. It's not true. <laughs> okay? It's not. Yeah. They did not. They so did why not, is that number out there? Is because that like you, Florida? because you've got you've got guys. Listen, these middlemen and, and advisors are telling media this to jack up the market. There is no market right now. There is no ceiling. So all they got to do is float it out there, and if it keeps get repeating over and over and over, the market increases. Is there any truth to the fact that so, that might have been an ask uh, from one uh, side? Yeah. Okay. There's there's a hundred percent truth. In okay, that, okay, so so there is in your mind truth to the ask, and of then that the follow to that ask was it like is. cackling. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, listen. And, he, uh, no. <laughs> and, and see, here's here's the reason why I think I I believe that there should be a a, a collegiate a union because guys like you're saying like elevating the price of what mucking up the NIL. Yeah. Because you know in the NFL at least agents have to be certified within the NFL. They have to be certified with the NFL before they can talk to any player. Very a true. lot of these 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 uh, agents that are talking to these kids, we don't know what kind of background of business that they deal with or have dealt with. So it could be Some anybody. Some of them are attorneys, by the way. Well, I don't don't I don't mean we're safe with them. No, I know. I'm, I'm just saying. telling you. I'm just saying because you because you're going you're going to have all these different people that are their so-called advisors. Uh, that they don't have their their interest in the player. Mm, at, not as much ma- as you would think. Not, Maybe maybe 50-50. I'll give it 50-50. Maybe a little less than that. But I'm just saying, the interest of the player at heart. What no, they're trying they to do the is they're trying to – the interest of their share of Exactly. It. They're, they're interested in their 20 30 40% that they're going to get when this player makes his money. And then 
they're not taking care. That's that's what is concerning to me because NFL NIL was a beautiful thing. These players are all of a sudden going to start getting paid. But then when you get these advisors involved who are looking at, at their own special interests, then they're they're ruining it for what the whole intent of the NIL was was mm-hmm. to make sure these players get paid for their their name, image, and their like. It's just this. This is Joe. You talked about that number. Let me yeah. let me just put it this way. Just use common sense. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think it should be common here. sense <clears throat> dictates yeah. that. You're not going to pay a high school kid who's never taken a snap but, $13 million. But the one thing that I wanted to hear you say, at least as far as your your gut reporting, however you want to it's describe reporting. it, is that there that number was put out. That number hit the sports ether somehow, <clears throat> some way. And I believe the reason why it hit the ether somehow, some way, is because that was a wish number. It may not it's, have been a guaranteed number. It's the but, same thing as Nico Iamileva. Uh-huh. The Tennessee Bless freshman, you. who's yeah. now the number one rated recruit in that class of 2023, yeah. by the way, ahead of ahead of uh, Archie. Arch, yep. Yesterday, so the whole eight million him also not true. It's just not. Yeah, like the bookstore was supposedly going to give him 350 right, grand right. as soon as he walked on campus. I, I mean, I don't know how else to say <laughs> this, man. I mean, these guys don't these but, guys know that these quarterbacks they're not but, all givens. No. They're busts everywhere. Well, I'll give you but. an example, a classic example. Rashada is the number 27 pick overall or recruit overall. Well, in he's the moved ESPN up because he was 35. Order. Okay, let's just say he was 20, at least, you know, just from this right here, 27 overall. Jake Garcia, who just entered the transfer portal, was number 23 uh, when he came to Miami. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee. Yeah, no guarantee. But well, let me let me just say this, Matt. And, and you, you're talking about By the, the way, the, real the quick, Nico Iamileva. Oh, by the way, just oh, by the way. Joe Milton's starting quarterback at Tennessee next year. Yeah. And he's so you're going to pay a guy yeah. $8 million to sit on the bench. Well, yeah. well, well, Come on. Just well, use well, common sense. No, no, no. Man. You say use common sense, right? Okay. They're advisor. We say the NIL is free agency, right? Right. This this is my client. Which I love. I think the players yeah, should get all they can Yeah, this is my get, client. Now, yeah. he, and, and Rosenhaus was my, my agent at one particular time. So understanding the art of negotiating is that your advisor is supposed to put you at the at the 100%. Peak. Yes, oh, sure. Yes. So he's saying that, okay, we want $13 million, and you're down at a million. And then somehow you're supposed to negotiate that down somewhere. Yeah, well, the huge where, the huge Florida you booster. You might get three I'm to sure five, and you'll everybody be knows yeah, what I'm take, talking about. But yeah. if you get three. He but, saw that number and laughed. But see, but see the agent already knows that we're, we're not going to get $13 million. He said, but if we get three or five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wasn't that, there, was there something here's, here's another thing, upon, too. Wasn't there something yes. agreed upon before he signed his national letter of intent? So what? What was the number that Florida said we would pay? A fraction. And that they're not paying? A, a fr- or no, he, it wasn't a million. Like, I thought it was seven fifty. What, what happened in between the time of him signing the NIL I'm gonna tell you what happened. and this? I'm going to tell you what happened. You remember on signing day when it took forever for yes. him to sign? Yeah. They, they had, had to, to delay was, Napier's they, they press conference. They delayed Napier's press conference. What do you think he was doing from the time Shopping he woke himself. up? All right. There you go, JJ. Mm-hmm. But why did dog. that why sign with Florida? Yeah, why end, why end up signing? <laughs> because he yeah. thought he was going to get what he could, yeah. what he was going to get, and then he realized that the big Florida booster, whose name will not be mentioned, mm-hmm. said you're out of your mind. Joe right. Coward. And then, Joe Coward, right? Yeah. Nine and then, dollars and ninety cents. And a then month. you start shopping. Yeah. yeah. Joe, say, are you yeah. serious? <laughs> All right. Uh. I do want to stick with this topic coming yeah. up in the next segment yeah. because now what I am most curious by, boys, is no Jaden Rashada, who's left number one. 
in the quarterback room at the University of Florida. But then number two, the news this morning that Walker Howard, who yeah, many thought would Miss, be a target yeah. of the Gators, is now headed to Ole Miss. Where and, does Florida go from here? And, and look, we can carry that on to Lane Kiffin will get that guy out of that portal and he will turn him into a player because what does he do? He instantly turns people into players. He didn't necessarily get everything out of Jackson Dart, but – Whatever he 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 got got what a he heck wanted. of a lot out of Matt Corral. Yeah, oh for sure, for sure. Just Jackson Dart was nowhere near as good as Matt Corral. But anyway, let's just keep that going. We'll get back to the Jags. You can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure six four one ten ten on a golf club of Southampton Wednesday. We saved you a seat. It's lunch with Leon on ten ten XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. We're going to get to some of our submissions off the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010, with your plans for the Jaguars-Chiefs game this Saturday. We also are going to hear from defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell, arguably, yes, be sitting down for this one, folks. I hope you are. The best soundbite he has given in his almost one year here in Jacksonville occurred just about an hour ago down at the bank. So we'll play that for you in just a second. But let's continue and wrap up our conversation with regards to the Florida quarterback situation. In case you missed it last night, four-star quarterback Jaden Rashada formally filed for his release from his national letter of intent from the University of Florida, adding insult to injury. Walker Howard, who many believed could be transferring to the Gators, given his ties to Billy Napier in the state of Louisiana. Louisiana has now announced his commitment to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. And so, Matt, uh, give me the tally as it stands currently. Um, How many quarterbacks does Florida have and who are they right now? Uh, They have three. Brown, who's a freshman, will be a redshirt freshman. Not going to be a factor. And then you've got two guys you're probably going to roll out. One of these two guys is going to be your starter. Unless unless something happens. So the transfer portal closes, I believe, in two days. Two days? And then, and then it reopens on May 1 for 15 can, days. Can I put, like, Spencer Sanders in there or something like that? Is if that... he doesn't – I mean, he's already been in, so he can sign at any time. Right. So it doesn't matter. He's already technically in. Right. He's so in the portal. If you're technically in, even though it closes in a couple of days – you can still sign wherever you want to sign. I don't want to be trapped in, though. For, for how long? Till Until August. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just so then it, sure then it opens again May May 1 through May 15, I believe is what it is. Yeah. So there could be a situation where you've got other quarterbacks in the portal after they decide X happened or Y happened or they, get, or they lose a, a battle for a starting job, you know, or Quinn Ewers clearly sees that he's not playing and it's going to be Arch Manning and he hits the portal. Could be something like that. Mm-hmm. But unless something like that happens, you're running out there in Salt Lake City with Jack Miller or Graham Mertz as your starting quarterback. Well, and that's going to lead why, to a probably like for, a five and seven season. Yeah. That's why I'm going for Spencer Sanders. Four okay. and eight, five and seven. He's, he's probably a little bit of an underappreciated cowboy out there uh, in Stillwater. He's not a bad player at all. He led no. to a Big 12 no, title he's, game. He's, yeah. I mean, he's up and down. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But he's. Like, I mean, far and away better than Graham Hurts and Jack Miller. Oh, you better again, believe it. Jack, let's, I mean, I don't want to throw Jack Miller completely under the bus. I mean, he gets back from his injuries, you know, a month into it. He finally starts getting reps with the ones in bowl practices. He gets thrown into a difficult situation where the offensive line's gutted. Um, you know, they don't have their best guys on defense or offense, for that matter. All he's got is the two really good running backs. The, the receivers aren't catching balls. He gets thrown in a terrible situation against a team that's hot, that can play defense. And they get routed. So I'd, I, would, I would like to see how he does after 15 spring practices, after 30 more in fall camp, 
He could be a guy that might be a decent player. If you're going out there with Graham Mertz, believe me, I've seen Graham Mertz. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got problems if you're going out with your Graham uh, Mertz. If you're Ricky Pearsall, are you looking around being like, this is what I came back yeah, I, for? I, I, I said I'm coming back. Well, he did say, in fairness, he did say he was coming back after a lot of this stuff went down. So you have to give him credit for that. At least he made the decision I mean, based on knowing all things. They're probably lucky that Travis Etienne is here. Yeah. Because if you're Trevor, yeah, if you're Trevor you see this going he'd on. He'd be bouncing. Like, what? Yeah. And, and, and that is the key. He loves the fact that he's close to his brother. Yeah. And their uh, parents moved here. Yeah. And so that that's major, major. And he had a relationship with Billy being recruited by him. But, you know, it's funny because Walker Howard, I don't know whether he's going to be a good player or not. It's just what everyone projects whenever those guys enter the portal. And when, He's from Lafayette, Louisiana. Yeah. And, and he was – he was look, they Where had – Billy was for the last – Four years prior to this year. But think of who they had, okay, and, and who they still have. You know, if you think of Daniels, Nussmeyer, and, and Howard just sitting back there, he knew he had to bolt, right? That's just the – there was really little he left, no choice. and you would think it would have been a slam dunk for Billy, for Billy Napier because the kid's from Lafayette. Billy recruited him while he was the head coach at Louisiana. He knows him really well. Walker Howard knows that this program is desperate for a quarterback. And Lane Kiffin convinces the kid to sit behind Jackson Dart. Yeah. Isn't that a hell of a thing when you say he has the best relationship with him and that guy says pass? Uh, mm, that cannot be good. Now, what did uh, what did the Canes think of Jake Garcia? Is he a guy that, that – pass. pass? Pass, same thing. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Yeah, and so you know, I, I wonder whether they'll look at him, who else they might look at, but uh, that's a desperate feeling. I uh, mean, they're honestly, they're – they're probably hoping that Quinn Ewers leaves. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's going to leave. Why would he leave? Yeah, he can beat out. He, Arch, he's Arch a good Manning. player. Yeah, yeah, he can beat out Arch Manning. Yeah, but I, I mean, other than that, if you're if you're looking around again, you don't know what's going to happen in the portal. You don't know who's going to leave and, and and what could happen. But they're limited right now. They're limited. They need something cra- crazy, unexpected to happen in the portal. And and then they got to recruit him and land him. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you might be throwing $13 million out if you're really desperate. It's just ridiculous. Now, the one guy that I thought had one of the coolest NILs, uh, he got the AC company behind him, the coldest Crawford. Yeah. yeah. Even he's out the door. He's signed left. Too. I think he's Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. I think so, he's signed with UCF. I'm not almost positive he's with yeah, your boys. Yeah. So even him, you know, like, and he had the NIL uh, working for him. I don't think air was, conditioning. Yeah. I don't think it was that oh, type of money. He'll get he'll get an air conditioning one. Oh, I would think Orlando, so. Orlando, too. I, I would think Scott, my man. Uh, Florida home down there to take care of him. But, yeah, that, that's the thing, is that you're just trying to figure out what these guys want, will it, what will it take, all, all that stuff. Uh, Heward from Washington, any, anything? I have no idea whether he's a uh, – they, they, they were a decent team, and he's a guy sitting out there, Sam Heward, that uh, is, a, is at least is available. Is he related to Brock Heward? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's his son. Uh, and so, anyway, he's another guy that's I mean, out there. I mean, you have a chance maybe Jeff Sims beats out Casey Thompson in Nebraska in the spring, and it's clear that Jeff Sims is the guy they want. And then but maybe do you really Casey want to Thompson, settle for Casey Thompson? He's he's like a mile better than what they got right oh, now. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, and and the word settle is still accurate. But yeah, it's it's better than what I they mean. Got. I, they they need something crazy to happen, yeah. and then they need to land him. Mm-hmm. So those are two huge things. Well, I, I'm looking as an example some of the. Uh, I love these now 24-7 transfer portal rankings. Uh, instead of just recruiting rankings, everyone's got to come up with a different way to to basically put their team together. 
Florida State rocking and rolling. Yep, second straight year. Right yeah. now. Second straight year that Mike yeah. Norvell is in the top five yeah, in the it, transfer portal rankings. You just go and you just look at all these guys that they've been able to bring in, and they definitely have added, padded, and and and, and kept a couple of guys that came in from the transfer Look, portal it, last year to stick around. Here's another thing that I don't really want to say, but it has to be said because it's out. It's, Vincent and Versus, the elephant in the guys room. Are coming back. It's the elephant in the room. If they can't get a quarterback and they have another bad season, they go five and seven. I don't think they're going to fire him. But does DJ Lagway say, "I'm not going there, man"? You better believe that guy's going to be fired. There, in there the will air. be defections. Yeah, well, sure. especially with how now they're trying to like push him to reclassify so quickly. I mean, maybe that's yeah. internally from the kid. But even then, I've heard a lot of people say he's coming from a smaller town in Texas. It's probably going to take him a little bit of time to adjust to the next level. You're really going to just trot him out as a true freshman? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah compared to what you got. Yeah, throw yeah. him to the Wolves type of deal. And it could end up obviously being a, being a bad situation. All right. Vibes not so good in Gainesville. Vibes very good here in Duval County. Yeah, We used to put him in the same pile. Not so much anymore. No. Not so much no, anymore. No, it's no, different no. in Duval right no. now. I do want to give us a, a that before we hit the text line and then spe- uh, hear from Mike Caldwell. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So since I've seen plenty of folks asking about it on Twitter, on the text line, the news is out of how your Jacksonville Jaguars, us at 1010XL, will be celebrating this weekend back here in Jacksonville if you are not headed to Kansas City. So the Jaguars just announced the details. There will be a player send-off that is going to be the Gallagher Club Westgate, so that's right by the Jaguar statue by touchdown, 9.30 to 11.30 on Friday morning. Free entry, free parking in Lot P, Lot J. So if you want to go send the Jaguars off, that's where you go. All on the west side of the stadium is where the parking's at. We are not doing a pep rally. We are going to be helping support the Jaguars' watch party pep rally, which is going to be on Saturday at Daly's Place. That is, again, parking in Lot P and Lot J. The gates open at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Excuse me, the parking lot's open at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Gate 1 opens at 3.30. The game viewing, of course, begins at 4.30. That is also free entry, free parking. You can watch the game, purchase swag from Fanatics, place your 2023 season ticket deposits, Mm -hmm. enter to win free merch, and more concessions will be available for purchase in Daly's Place, the Bud Light Party Zone, and the Terrace Suites. Beautiful, beautiful. And look, all of Duval... Uh, they want to be together if something big happens. So I'm looking at Surce, and Surce feels good about it. He's like, you know, why are we talking about this being the end of the road? This is uh, just a – it ain't an off-ramp. Only ramp. the beginning, bro. Yeah, it ain't Only an off-ramp, right? It ain't, it ain't over. It, it, all right, I'll give you a number. How about this number? And this is a, a little bit of a saucy when you start thinking about it, going into the divisional round. And everyone says, okay, that bye week, that week of rest, that's always huge. But if you take a look back over the last handful of years, it's at least I found it surprising that the number of teams that have moved on to the Super Bowl uh, after being the top seed in the last four seasons, only a couple of them, okay? And so each year, and again, this past year, they went down to just one that one seed, but you always have one on the NFC, one on the AFC. The top seeds are five and three in playoff openers the last four seasons. So they're just barely over 500 and only two reach the Super Bowl. And the Kansas City Chiefs are a one seed. Pick them off, man. The number well, one mean, seed in, in the AFC last year well, got picked off. I, I, I think too much is, is, is made over this – the number one seed, the notion that extra rest and healing and extra week to prepare. I want to be the hot team. I want to be the team that's playing, that's on the road. I, 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 
as much as the one seed is is prevalent, mm-hmm. where the road to Super Bowl has to come through your stadium, I would rather be the team that's hot coming into the playoffs. It's got momentum, you know. Peaking at the right time. At, well, yeah, Zave Jones said <laughs> peaking at the right time. You know, believing in one another. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I think that it may be a little bit overboard as far as the rest and the extra preparation. I'd rather be the team that's that's hot. They just came back and, and scored, the, uh, what, 27 points yeah. in the second half. All the momentum, all that kind of stuff. I'd rather be that guy anyway. I really would. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's just something about the belief. Uh, and I'm a homer, too. Well, yeah, yeah. Of course, but, I'm a homer. Yeah, the belief, the ride, the rhythm of not stopping and getting right back on and, and, and playing the next game. And, heck, the, the Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones was not happy about the idea that they had to play on a Monday night and then turn right around and be ready to go against a team that got to play on Saturday, two days difference. But he's going to have to embrace it. Uh, Mike McCarthy's embracing it as best you can. Just go out there and play. So let's hear from Jaguars defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell while we're on the subject of playing the hand you are dealt, whether that is a non-favorable schedule or whether that is uh, being in a 27 nothing hole and how do you climb out of that. Mike Caldwell, defensive coordinator for your Jaguars, asked today, his feelings on the sideline as the Jaguars went down and why he remained confident. I don't like to talk about it, but it happened in Tampa when I was down there. When you have a guy, and we had Brady, and I'm not comparing the two because Trevor is his own guy, but when you have a guy that you believe in as a defense, it matters to you. And when you're down 27 and you still believe you can win because you know who you have on the other side of the ball, it matters. And that's the big point because there was no hanging your head. There was nobody worrying about anything. It was get a stop, get the ball back to the offense, get another stop, get the ball back to the offense because of who we know we have on the other side. And that's that's something that's this year it's offense has bailed us out a bunch of times. We've helped them out. It's a true team that's that's rolling right now. Anybody else get boost bumps? I I love it. I love it. It, it, Look, like he's saying, Trevor's his own guy. Let's not compare the two. We're talking the GOAT, all that kind of stuff. But but I I would think that confidence in that building, they're not doing any comparisons. They're just believing in their guy. Was that confidence the first half or the second? (laughs) Exactly. It was the last 30 minutes. It had to be the last 30 minutes, of course. And and by the way, if you think about it, let's make this the 10-10 take, uh, JJ, since Leon brought that up. it's, it's It's worth following. Now, Joe C's 10-10 tape. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit master since 68. Now, Sonny's Barbecue is cooking all the time, that's for sure. But you also got a chance to really have uh, the spread that you've been dreaming about when it comes uh, to the big game. You can text Sonny's to 641-1010 for a chance to win a pigskin party from Sonny's for 10 people. That's a $250 value. So make sure you uh, hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures at 641-1010. But let's just take that 30 minutes when they were down 27 points at one point before they scored right before the half, down 27, and then ultimately winning with the game-winning field goal at the end. So that's 30 minutes of hell that Trevor went through. 30 minutes of suffering that fans went through, and then after that, the joy and elation that came in the next 30 minutes. You could all almost say the first half and the second half of this game Saturday night was a microcosm of what Trevor Lawrence's two years has been in Jacksonville. First 30 minutes, if you just want to describe it like that, kind of like hell, right? It was kind of like football hell the first year. 
17 interceptions, 12 touchdowns. Nobody knew what was going on. And then the next year, look what he's been able to do. He's turned it on a dime. So compare year one to year two, just like you compared first half play to second half play. That is the 10-10 take. Well, I'm I'm gonna say this too. You know, it's a lot that's overblown about halftime adjustments because I'm gonna tell you what happens actually in halftime. All right, you go in the locker room. All right, first of all, you gotta go to the restroom. All right? uh-huh, you gotta uh-huh. go pee. All right, you gotta do your, your, your number one, number two, whatever you gotta do. You gonna grab a you gonna grab a couple of oranges. Yeah, that's grab exactly a what Peyton said the other night. Oh, he, he said that he was like they've Uh-oh. never once. I, had a halftime adjustment in his entire career. So, uh, so, it's such a farce. But I believe Peyton's always making adjustments. Did he say so that really? Yeah. He was like, okay, you have well, enough time to take well, a Well, we and Peyton on the eat. same page. Because mm-hmm. you go in there, you, you do number one, number two, you grab your water, you grab your couple of oranges, you sit down amongst a group or whatever, offensive line, your offense, your position coach comes in there, he tells you, okay, we need to do it, do it, quit. It may be 30 seconds. Every position coach did that. Then we get up as a unit. Offensive coordinator says something. Hey, we got to do this. Protect better with this and that. And then within three minutes, everything is done. And then the head coach comes in and say, "Okay, relax. All right, we scored on. The, we scored the touchdown. We're gonna go back here. We're gonna do this. That no, no more interceptions. That and we go out there. A lot, a lot of people think that we're just breaking down film. That we, we you know, we're talking. We're overexerting ourselves. We're pushing it. No, it's a common cool. So whatever the Jaguars are doing, from how they play, uh-huh. and then at halftime. It's just it's got to be something calm and cooling and confident that they coming out in the second half and is playing a lot better than they in the first half, which I don't understand. I'm still stuck on number one or number two, oh, like because did. like because I'm not. If, you, if you're sweating, I moved on. No wait, no wait. Hang on, hang on. If you're sweating for an entire half, yeah, your entire pants are sweat. They're soaked. Of course, yeah. How do you get them down then get them back up again? I was thinking you were going to say that you've like already sweat it all out, yeah. but okay, How you go, get go them that down. way with yeah. it. Okay, I am, then uh, get them back up again. So I'm not interested. I'm, in I'm this. trying not to give you a visual, but what you yeah. do is you take them all off. All of them. All of them. That's very hacky. You take all JJ, of them. JJ, is this locker room talk? Yeah. Yeah. This, this is, is absolutely literally. So you take them all room. off. That's, this was and locker room. And talk. you're walking through. You're walking to the. How bathroom. very hacker of you. Okay. And here's the thing. <laughs> this is what made it worse. Okay. I don't want to listen or think about this. No, and I then do you threw, actually. And then you and there threw, are people driving around and, that want to know too. And then you threw hacker into the equation. <laughs> there are people driving around that want to know. Of course they are. How do you do that? So you literally take all of your pads off. You take all your pads off, and you go do your business. And then you got a guy helping you get them back on, obviously. Absolutely. Remember what okay. Mark Schlereth yeah. used to do? He no. used to just go. Yeah. During the game. Oh, that's right, disgusting. right, right. And and I told the story. Did he story. wear a diaper? Or? No. No, he just. Yeah. He just let it. That's why yeah. they called him Stink. Yeah. And then uh, that is hack, you know. Yeah. I mean, everything comes off. Again, I I don't want to shirt. That's I mean, why. Why would I? Well, I, I just that's I just told that story because everybody's trying to figure out how the Jaguars in the beginning of the game play, come out so slow and so terribly, and then all of a sudden, magically, in the, in the second half, they come out and play so wonderful, yeah. and they think that they, 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 there's a gathering of the minds, <laughs> and everybody, no, it's none of that stuff. The coaches are obviously making adjustments on the fly the during time. the all, game. Like, yeah. Why would listen, they wait till half? To, like, listen, if right. something's all, not working in the first right. quarter, Let's why just would they get make, it listen, we'll wait till <laughs> half to fix this? All your position <laughs> coach is doing is telling you, where you're playing, where you're doing well, and where you're doing, where you're yeah, sucking. Which at. I think is fine. That's actually yeah. that's an adjustment as then, far as I'm concerned. There's some curse words that's involved in that. Yeah. If you pick up this, pick up that. Right. Let's go. Get curse word, your, curse word, yeah. curse word. Get your ass in gear yeah. and go. Yeah. Right. When, well, you're, like, when yeah, you're down twenty one nothing in the middle of the yeah. middle of the second quarter, you're not gonna say, Ah, we'll wait till halftime. Right. Yeah. I will say this. That, that, I will say this too. because a couple of the guys on the Jags defensive line in particular have been super transparent with myself about halftime adjustments, what they actually do, how Mike Caldwell has developed as a play caller. Mm-hmm. And Arden Key, which that interview we can both play, or you can mm-hmm. catch it on the 1010XL YouTube channel, 
said to me yesterday, he said, like, you know, Mike what, wheels out the whiteboard. and There's a whiteboard, yes. And we get – there we go. So there is a there, whiteboard. There is a whiteboard on both sides. Yep. Yeah. Because the coach comes in the offense – the head coach comes in there and say, okay, offense down here, defense down here. Right. All right, after you meet with your position coach, he cusses you out, tell you what you're doing good, what you're doing bad. And then positioning collectively as an offense and a defense – you're in front of the whiteboard. Usually, I'm just sitting in my locker. I'll watch it from there. There's chairs in front of the whiteboard. Right. Offensive coordinator goes and break down, okay, this is what they're giving us here, blitz combinations, da-da-da, coverage, this and that. And then the defense say, okay, this is what they're doing. Yeah, about three minutes, then the coach brings it up. Coach says, hey, whether you're playing good, you're playing bad, hey, we're confident. We're going to do this. Let's go. Right. Let's go. Have you, have, you ever seen the, have you seen the classic? It's on YouTube. So the pants Buster, up or down at this point? That's right. how I'm just trying to figure and this out. You're in the bathroom, okay. you, and if right. you're in the bathroom, you, you, miss, you miss all this. Yeah. You miss all this. So <laughs> the classic the classic clip is Muschamp when he was at Texas, the D.C. He walked into the room at halftime, and the players are sitting down in the chairs that Liam was talking about. He goes over to the grease board. He starts to go, in this gap and this gap. You go here. You go here. And he screams, do your job. And he punches the grease board and breaks it. Walks out, they all follow him. That's it. <laughs> and college yeah. halftimes are a lot yeah. shorter than NFL yeah. halftimes. No, they're longer. Yeah. They're sorry, longer. that's what I'm that's what I, sorry. That's, yeah, because yeah. NFL's got 12 it's minutes, Wednesday. man. It's Wednesday. Real short. Yeah. Yeah. 12 sorry. minutes, and that college is College are longer, it's a, yeah, it's NFL a great is Look on you, silly. Yeah. Yeah. Look on YouTube. Uh, but, uh, but honestly, that's what – it's almost like uh, they are getting reamed out on the sidelines if they're, if they're not playing well. They're telling them to keep – you know, do more of this if they are playing great. It's not like the coaching ever ends, but it is that, okay, reset moment. And, and I do think that can happen. Why the oranges, a, too, by the way? Why oranges? Why oranges? Yeah. I don't know. I, I think oranges are Rejuvenate for, you. A little, little vitamin C. Yeah, yeah, I little actually vitamin don't C. eat oranges, I so I always have, ask for watermelon. They have cut Ooh. They have cut up oranges right there when you were in the locker. Yeah, it's still like yeah. peewee soccer. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, this was when I was playing. This was like H. Maybe they had like Red Bulls now. I don't this was Peyton Manning the other night, literally like almost word for word. What did he say? He's coming out of halftime. All those halftime adjustments. It really paid off right there that I don't know about you. I don't think I ever made a halftime adjustment in my entire 18-year career. I think it's the biggest myth in football, the halftime adjustments, right? You go in, yeah, but you, eat, you use the restroom, you eat a couple of oranges, and then the head coach <laughs> says, all right, let's go. Did I lie? Let's go. <laughs> that is beautiful. But like I said earlier, Peyton is adjusting on the fly all the time. Because he's the coach, he's the player, he's the coordinator, he's everything. I think the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because the Jaguars have had so much success in the second half. Yeah. Whatever you're doing, can we start that way? But can they we? also score right before half. They like do. every week. And they score Which when they come. And they score right after the half. Yeah. Right. They, when they get the they ball. They lead the league in Yeah, in they get the ball and they go right down the score. They lead the, of the first yes. half to the second half. Yeah, yeah. Yes. they lead the league. Yeah. Right. Those, those three come-from-behind wins when they were down 17 or more – Total 61 points. That's what they had to come back from. Think about that. And so that's where, you know, maybe I do wonder, Leon, mm-hmm. uh, both asking players on Saturday night and then yesterday in the locker room mm-hmm. about what halftime adjustments were made. And Roy Robertson Harris told me, I can't tell you that, Mia. You know yeah. that. but Because there's uh, nothing. Right. Yeah. And Well, then Arden Key said it really wasn't anything. You just – coach yells at you to focus more, and then you right. focus. Yeah. And Maybe they need to yell at a pregame. Yeah. I'm telling you what. And it can happen that way. It really can. Maybe they really – I want to kick their ass. Right, there you go. Uh, Evan good. Ingram said that it, it's, it is a moment to catch your breath. Mm-hmm. And so you say, okay, this is what they're doing. Yeah. Let's catch our breath. Let's wrong? do this, this, right. this. Let's go. Yeah, the old snap yeah, I'm going to tell you another thing. There's got to be a little bit more credence to the guy who plays backup. And I'm going to tell you why. And I used to always ask guys that were behind me because they – 
they'll watch from the sidelines. So whoever you're going up against, they can give you little tidbits on what they're giving you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a defensive they player, see it. That's a yeah, good they point. see it. They see it because if you're back up to the game. You know, if there's no malice between you two, and as far as time goes or whatever, or, or playing time, mm-hmm. he'll tell you, okay. If it's a defensive guy, he'll say, okay, this is what the the line, how he's setting, and this, this, and that, whatever. Because you're going to ask the guy. I used to ask. Uh, we had Novak here, and because he played tackle, and um, who else was behind? Me? I can't remember who else was behind me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Country. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Todd uh, Fordham. Yeah, so Earl. they were Earl. So used mm-hmm. to they used to be my backup. So when I come in at halftime and I'm sitting there, I would ask questions. Okay, what are you doing? What, 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 how, how what do are I, you seeing? What are you seeing right. when um, there's a spin move or speed move? And he said, Well, he's got his hands here or he's light there, or whatever. Those that's little tidbits picks yeah, up. That's helpful. Yeah. Especially yeah. in a loud stadium where you can't mm-hmm. hear each other. True. So at least you have that moment of quiet. Yeah. I was listening to Mina Kimes' podcast this morning, and she had Dominique Foxworth on, and he said mm-hmm. the same thing because you see that with Doug, yep. how Doug Peterson calls a game like a backup quarterback yeah. because it's 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 those yep. little things yep. that he's seeing, well, and remember? he's looking out for Trevor. So it's as if C.J. Beathard is, like, calling you, the game. Remember, if you remember, when they were in twist, and I'm sorry uh-huh. to cut uh-huh. you off, like when they were in the twist games or whatever, the backup can look and see – if the guy's closer, because I'm I'm locked into my guy, so I'm not looking at the yard mark or where he's at. So I'm just trying to get to my spot so I can block him. So a backup guy can look at the guy and say, okay, he's just his hand, he's light here, whatever. Watch the twist. He'll say, watch the twist, watch the twist. He'll give you a little tidbits on stuff mm-hmm. like that, stunts, angles, all that kind of stuff. See, that's invaluable. I think the classic story was Leroy told us that Doug Peterson came up to him when they were up in Green Bay and gave him a tell from what he was seeing on the sidelines, he said it helped Leroy greatly. The only thing that worried me was when Tom Brady would walk off. I knew this was kind of the end for Tommy. As we would walk off and he'd go to Blaine Gabbert, what do you see out there? I mean, come on. You can't do that. All right, that's just not going to work. That's right. not going to work. Into the one I do, uh, real quick oh, before we break, I have some news on oranges. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, From our text line. Oranges provide plentiful amounts of carbohydrates and water. They can lower your risk for fatigue and dehydration after intense exercise. Should we be eating them before prime time then? I I I am working up a sweat right now. Or after Leon leaves at the half of the show. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Yeah, while we make our adjustments. And the coach has spoken with our – the coach has spoken with our show being, uh, you know, basically a pants-down show here at the end. Uh, The prime time uh, has once again deteriorated, uh, Coach Campo says. By the way, the coaches coaches make adjustments at the half, not the players. It's XL prime time. (laughs) We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. You know, I'm thinking the way we finished up the first hour that there are probably a pl- plenty of people out there that have halftime rituals that are not in uniform. I'm also uh, thinking that there are people that are having lunch right yeah. now, and uh, no, they don't we're talking about number two. Yeah, they don't want to hear my, that. But... I realize my halftime adjustments are almost exactly yes. the same as the players. Yeah, halftime rituals without, <laughs> without uniform. the oranges. Yeah. I uh, go to the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we... We get stuff done, and by the way, you know I, I've you know fallen into that trap before, uh, and this is just totally on the number one side. But you know the intake and the outtake. Okay, you, you consume a, a cold Bud Light, and then you know it's the outtake, and it's just well, boom, one right after another. Well, listen, you got to think of number two as a cleansing, mm-hmm. because if you let that stuff stay in you, it's toxic. Yeah, it is toxic. It is toxic. It's a cleansing. And we're bro. learning here. We're learning about orange slices and all the different stuff that does. It 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 helps. It yeah. helps Have you ever had you? to go during yeah. a game, bro? Yeah. 
Huh? Have you of ever had to has. go during a game and go to the locker room? No, I haven't. Okay. No, I haven't. But you've had to go. You just never had to go bad enough to go to the locker room. I had to man up. I had to man up. Yeah. The classic. Of course. Like you're saying, people don't want to hear. Yeah, they do. I think this is a question that everybody wants to know. Answer. I don't think so. Oh, I definitely yeah. think so. Uh, I, I don't think so. I definitely yeah. think there are people that have wondered, the fact that what you, do they do uh, when they got to go, man? The fact that you routed Hacker into that conversation, <laughs> I, I definitely think What about the dude, the dude on Florida, Adam Lane? Remember that? The, in oh, the, uh, Birmingham Bowl? Oh, my God. Uh, again, another one that has been brought up before. Yeah. And by that the was way, an accident. I, I, come in, I come in the locker room after the Jags Patriots mid-2000s. Right. And I'm telling you, I never really got into the bottom of this, but I, I believe to this day Marcellus Wiley had an accident. Uh, and they, they, the defensive line gave him nothing but grief. Now, this was after an L, but they gave I'm, him nothing but grief. I've always wanted to ask the uh, media people, how do y'all endure the smell of locker room? It's, uh, because we're disgusting. Mm. And yeah, when it's we, your we, own smell, it's fine. Oh, man. But no, other no, no. Y'all, y'all you know come you in. You know what smelled? Y'all come in clean and refreshed. Yeah, well, and we're I've coming been, in dirty well, some and grass us, yeah. and all that kind of uh, stuff. I mean, I'm, I'll say this. Like, training camp, I feel yeah. like we're all sweaty. But those buses that the Jaguars were having to take to the Episcopal School, those oh. I only like stood by a door of one. Oh, yeah. That was a worse whiff than I've ever had in a locker room. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. we could be disgusting. Oh, yeah. Uh, TLD would always deal with the kids in sports. You know, you take the old Toyota Sienna van, right. and you'd pack a bunch of, you know, Michael in the middle and the, the oh, other yeah. baseball players, football players at the time, Drew and all of them. And I'm telling you, they would absolutely stink it up. And then afterwards, you'd go and you'd kids would consume as much as they could wherever you were on a road game you go to wherever it's at and then you pile back in the van and then guess what would happen after that then you'd hear some noises you'd hear some cranks you'd hear. <laughs> but when we were kids you the classic line is you could take a uniform put it on the side and stand up all by itself I mean that's how much we stunk and sweated in those uniforms and you didn't want to wash them because that was bad luck or whatever you didn't give it to your mom in time to get them washed so I'm used to Going in that locker room from being in that locker room, but gotcha. it so still stinks. We had a caller who just reminded me that DK Metcalf yeah. was carted off the field because he had to take a you know yes. what. And, and remember Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce, was Paul Pierce took well, a wheelchair. Well, well don't, forget don't forget Lamar. Don't forget Lamar with the run. Lamar had to run to the bathroom. Yeah, I admitted that. to, uh, and I feel like I could say this on the air now because we've kind of talked about it, but. Uh, I told Ross Matisic when I saw him doing the Lamar dance at MetLife Stadium a few weeks ago. I just thought he had to go. I didn't think he had a back injury. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, nope, it was a back injury, which uh, he didn't practice yesterday. But uh, pretty sure he'll, yeah. he'll, he'll be going uh, on Sunday. Look, there, uh, th- but honestly, the best disguise was Paul Pierce in the wheelchair. That that one was just hilarious. hilarious. Well, uh, and he I mean, kept that lie going really, like a yeah, It's not really yeah, a disguise. Years. I mean, because you can't walk, man. If you yeah. walk, it's not happening. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to happen. Uh, high Tide on the south side. I- I'm with Coach Campo. What are we doing? By the way, <laughs> so High Tide, I'm Coach Campo has him. responded to us. Uh, uh, Coach Campo says that, quote, I just don't want to be the guy helping get all the clothes back on in the <laughs> locker room. So don't yeah. worry. We may be descending into madness. <laughs> yeah, but and by the way, I-, okay. I know I know a couple of those uh, equipment guys uh, down there uh, at the bank. They do have their work cut out for them. They yeah. do mm-hmm. yeah. have their work cut out for them. All, all right. right. Let's, speaking of the fans, mm-hmm. speaking of you nooners and lunch, I uh, want to give a shout out to some of our good friends on the text, text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. This one is courtesy of 6221, who let us know that they were going to go to Kansas City this weekend for the Jags game. Instead, they've decided on a house party, and they are going to try to make a whole pig for the first time and sent us photos of what said pig that will look like. Uh, Are you take, cooking something good this weekend? Hit the text line, 641-1010. We would love to, to see. A, a close look at this because I, uh, this this is a, not an easy thing to do, okay? 
to I need to see some of these pictures. Whenever you guys have completely roasted that pig and you're done and you're celebrating a win, let's also see some some pics. But they have if there's not that. an apple in its mouth, it doesn't count. Yeah, I'm sure they're gonna stuff one in there. Okay. Uh, but that that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool that they've got it all ready to go and they'll have it. I don't know if they're going to put those uh, big, uh, what are they, fig leaves from Hawaii over the top of them yeah. like the Hawaiians do. But if they bury that bad boy in charcoal, mm, that'll be good. We've also got a first-time texture, 8776, who says that, number one, he slash she slash they will be going to Kansas City. Number two, the Jags will win the fast food bowl. Whataburger, Mahomes, will go down to Waffle House, Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence. Syrup is way better than ketchup. Yeah, I, I Discuss like, amongst yourselves. Speaking yeah. of number two. Yeah, but I do like the fact that – you got to go? All right. <laughs> I do like the fact that Mahomes gave T-Law some respect. No, he says the Whataburger is yeah, number two. Yeah, yeah. Waffle House. Yeah. But, no, the Waffle House, that T-Law got some respect from Mahomes for, for making that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, decision. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I love it. I love it. And don't be making fun of Waffle Houses. Don't go. No, I love a Waffle House. House. I'm not even you. I'm just talking about anybody else out there. I like the fact that Mahomes kind of stood up for T-Law and said, yeah, hell yeah, that's a good way to celebrate <laughs> a victory. You're going to be celebrating a victory Saturday night. Uh, what's it going to take? We need to get a few of these off the text line. You can give us, you know, your worry and the thing that you hope happens because Saturday night, this past Saturday night, you had a hell of a lot of worry, and then you had some things that you hoped happened to happen. So how do you think you're going to get the job done against the Mahomes led Chiefs. You're talking about an eight-and-a-half-point line right now. And the, the stat was thrown out by several people. James Palmer was the one that I saw it from first on uh, from the NFL Network on social media. Pat Mahomes, eight victories in the postseason, as many as this franchise has had. So in that short time that he's been in the NFL, he has eight playoff wins. This franchise has eight He was also born wins. the year – that the yeah. Jaguars were also born. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see what if they can ultimately pull off the upset. We'll go through some of those surprises that have happened in Kansas City in past postseasons. It can be done, people. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. We asked, you delivered. What did you make this past Saturday for the Jaguars Chargers game. What will you be making if you're sticking around Duval County for the Jags Chiefs game? Get uh, in my belly! 8460 actually made a pig last week. Uh, looks like at Tally Ram. I don't think it's Swift Street. I don't think there's a Swift Street down there. I think that's a typo. But anyways, down at the stadium at the tailgate, they broke out the smoker. Mm. Full pig. We've mm. got the picture. Uh, he says, we named it her. For Herbert. We <laughs> ate Herbie like the Jags ate the Chargers. Oh, that is just beautiful, man. Doing your part. That's exactly what you were doing. And you got full while you were doing it, too. Before oh. we uh, say goodbye to Leon for the day uh, and eat our oranges because it'll be halftime of XL Primetime, uh, do want to hit a couple news and notes from around the National Football League. So uh, where would we like to begin, boys? Because either way, we're going to be in the AFC East, it appears. The Jets or the Patriots? Well, the, I get it. I, I laugh when I look at, at other people's problems because this team doesn't have those problems. And last year you had the uh, concerto of Herb, Bev, and Shoddy. Uh, and before that you had you had Nate Hackett 10 minutes from the Super Bowl, and eh, it didn't work out against the Patriots. 
couple of those guys that are up for job interviews. Yeah, old friend alert. We got several old friend alerts for you guys. Um, So uh, the New York football Jets fired second year, parted ways, parted Mm -hmm. ways, excuse Mm -hmm. me, with second year offense coordinator Mike LaFleur last week. They have now interviewed two people for the position. Both are former Jaguars offensive coordinators in Daryl Bevel and Nate Hackett. Uh, I Poor Zach I, Wilson, I know man. they're both respected when it comes to offensive play minds, but it was just disastrous for Nate Hackett this year, and he ended up being his own fall guy. There was nobody else that you could point to because he was the guy that was supposed to bring in, and, and him and Russ, Leon, were going to be paired up uh, you know, for magical things up a mile high, and we all know what happened. You can't, can't fire the quarterback, so you fired the coach. Uh, and heck, Bevel, he's been around for a long time and still somehow, some way gets work. Uh, I don't know whether they'll – Hire either one of those cats up there, but not a good situation. Not good at all. Find out. Better mm-hmm. yet, Bevel declines the opportunity to interview with the Washington Commanders. Yeah. So one would think, I mean, unless he doesn't want to move to the nation's capital. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I mean, if you're the Jets, are you really hiring a guy who just blew out with the Broncos? And one of the reasons he blew out with the Broncos is because his quarterback, one of the best in the game over the last – Two decades, right? Yeah, really good. Just completely hit rock bottom. Yeah, and you have a former first, a first round pick, top five pick, who clearly has struggled. You're gonna let this guy coach him? Yeah, is that really what you're gonna do if you're the Jets? Yeah. Oh well, you can't stay status quo. I mean, he's got to be better than what we saw this year from Willie. Was huh? Willie? We don't know. We don't know yet. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna have to. My point hey, is, is we, you, we've already seen the go get someone else. Is my point. We've already seen the science project, and he <laughs> and he got an F on that one. You, you don't want to see somebody else see. Maybe yeah, I'd like ha, go go after Jim. Bob. See, you're you're basing it on repu- you're basing it on reputation. You don't know that he might be good for that kid. All right, I saw what he was for Russ Wilson, and the whole the whole thing about it. Oh, look what he did for Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I could have done that, but you know what? Well, I, Russell Wilson did that to Russell Wilson too. Yeah, I, I, that's exactly what I was that right there. Partly. Yahtzee, Yahtzee on that because Russ became a quarter of a billionaire and things changed. You think? They, oh, 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 oh. that was his third deal, though, wasn't it? Uh, well, it was, this was the biggest of deals, or was right. it just so, he got out from underneath the security blanket that was Pete Carroll? Yeah, uh, look, there were a lot of things that went well. I'm sure it's a combination of things, but I, maybe it was the altitude. I, I just, I just don't know that I would. That would be my guy. That I would say, okay, Zach, Zach Wilson is desperate. True, for a guy true, to coach. True, I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even saying that Nat, Nate Hackett is uh, uh, free of blame. What was he here? I, I'm not. He was. He made Blake uh, uh, ten minutes from the Super Bowl. He was a well, camp yeah. counselor. Here. Defense yeah. made the Jags ten minutes from the Super. Bowl. Have you not okay, seen the mic'd up with him? He At was least... literally a camp counselor running around. Right. I love football. Yeah, he's a nice guy. All that kind of stuff comes from you know Father Paul, accomplished a, a football family, but. At least give him credit for what he was able to do here. Did you see when Paul he went Hackett as the USC coach? Yeah. No, I'm just saying just from a football mind. Right. Okay, mm-hmm. it's been around for a while. But he goes up, and you're right, no credit will be given to him for what Aaron Rodgers. They hired him off of that. Mm-hmm. They're fools. Uh, but Because Aaron liked him. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're fools if that's the case. But make no mistake, Russell Wilson was paid a boatload <clears throat> of money to go up to mile high and deliver them something Agreed. on the offensive side to go with a good uh, – and, and he – I just feel like he checked out. He so, he went from rust to rust. So speaking of Nate Hackett and his tenure in Jacksonville, that can't be mentioned without also mentioning good old buddy 
Doug Marone, the former head coach of your Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, This one is interesting. Doug Marone, of course, we know his BFF Mm -hmm. from their days coaching in college together is one Bill O'Brien, the former head coach of the Houston Texans. Now, of course, the OC at the University of Alabama. Matt has said multiple times on this program he expects at some point or another B.O.B. will return to the National Football League. Could it be a reunion with Bill Belichick? Now, the plot thickens. According to Ian Rappaport, the Patriots have requested permission to speak with Vikings wide receivers coach Keenan McCardell for their offensive coordinator position. He joins a growing list of candidates that also includes Bill O'Brien. Mike Giardi of NFL Network chimes in and says, I mentioned McCardell last week. His ties with former Bills and Jaguars head coach Doug Marone is notable. As one Patriot source told me, our offensive line didn't perform like it needed. Marone is a highly successful O-line coach and friend of Bill. Is this all a package deal? Sometimes it, you, it was a package deal at Alabama, I can tell you that. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. When, when Nick wanted O'Brien to be his coach, he said, I want to bring Marone with me. Yeah. And, and sometimes, like, the orchestration of kind of bringing that staff together is all behind the scenes and you, you whatever. You hire one guy and then mm-hmm. he goes through the channels of all the interviews and then he hires the guys that he appointed. Right, but to, to be fair, too, well, been. many coaches allow their OCs to bring in an offensive line coach or a running backs coach or a wide receivers coach because they're comfortable with them. Sure. So that happens all the time. It's not just because it's O'Brien and, and Marone are tight and right. it's that and, or nothing. And, and I don't know how the, I don't know how Doug Peterson put his staff together in terms of, hey, I want Press Taylor to be my offensive coordinator. What do you think about bringing Jim Bob and right. you know, check off on that? What do you think about Phil Rosher? I don't know whether he necessarily did all that, Mike McCoy, all that. But I'm, I'm, I'm just guessing those were all Peterson's decisions and with the cooperation of Press, the offensive coordinator. Say, hey, are you good with this? This is the way we're going to go. And then, you know, obviously brought them all in. And I- they uh, have – coached a great success right now either way the Patriots need a change mm-hmm. at our offense coordinator from dumb and dumber oh my of gosh, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia yeah so I mean the logic would su- wow. have you did you not see the clip of them no, on the sideline no, together pretty, pretty they, li- they literally looked like dumb and dumber with their their, their two clipboards what, and they what were do you conferring. Think? Uh, I don't know literally conferring to each other on the sideline <laughs> yeah. it's not a diss it's just a fact yeah <laughs> um does it look like I mean all things would indicate it's going to be B.O.B. Mm-hmm. Do- doesn't it well, he's been think, there. He's right? been successful there. Bring him back. Uh, let him coach the side of the ball that he's always coached on instead of send him to the other side, which doesn't make a whole, whole lot of sense. What if, what if Nick already has a deal with Dan Mullen in place? In mm-hmm. place. If well, B.O.B. leaves, you're, you're yeah, my next and then, OC. And then he, in other, in other words, he doesn't sweat a moment is what Not you're saying. Not a moment. Yeah. He just slides right in there with Dan Mullen. Yeah, highly possible. Dan Mullen is a good offensive play caller. And a quarterback's coach. Yeah. And they and need a quarterback's coach. Just unfortunately year. that his last memories for fans around here were not calling very good plays and not coaching up the quarterback very well. That's just the way it well, was. Well, I mean, then you, if you're going to blame him for not coaching up Anthony Richardson, well, I think you certainly can. Yeah. Then you got to blame Billy, too. Oh, yeah. Because, He's I, not, he, because uh, he didn't grow. Yeah, I'll go back to the old, what I just said about Or Nate. maybe it just could be. He's not free of blame. Uh, look, Billy, in in about a year's time of being the Florida Gators coach, definitely uh, deserves some criticism and blame yeah. for some stuff. That did not look like what uh, mm-hmm. I would think Scott Strickland hired him to do. That's for sure. Or is Dano having too much fun wakeboarding and yeah, hang, probably, hanging out at the Inn and Club and being on ESPN? No, I, I, I bet if, he's, if it's offered, I bet he takes it. Yeah, and, and dollars being what they are, getting back in the funnel – 
Getting yes, back in the finals what it is. is, it's yeah, getting is back. as important. He's a young guy. Yeah. He gets back in there. They do great for two or three years. He, he's part of the process that brings Alabama back on top of Georgia. Yeah. They'll get a huge job. He'll call a shot. He's yeah. not yet 50. So yeah, he's that's a young cool. dude. He's yeah. not done. No way. Who else do you think if B.O.B. leaves, if whether it's for the Patriots or somebody else, like where does Alabama turn knowing what their quarterback situation is, which is kind of in flux? Mm-hmm. You mean other than other than Mullen? Yeah. Well, I mean, it'll, it'll definitely be somebody he knows, I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. But, but my, I mean, my guess is it's going to be that's – he needs a quarterback teacher. He's got Jalen Milrow, who's, you know, he's a terrific talent. He's not a thrower. And mm-hmm. he's got Ty Simpson, who's a former five-star – recruit last year, another guy, they, both those guys need to be coached. So, I mean, I, look, I said also a week ago, I thought I would love to see, like, if David Cutcliffe said, yeah, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Imagine if Cut. Like, yeah, he's, that yeah would, he's, he's phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal. He's, I'm just guessing he's one of those too far yeah, he's, along. I think he's done, yeah. yeah. I think he's done. Yeah. How, are we do, how are we looking at Miami? Is, uh, is, is J.J.'s favorite terrorist still the O.C.? Yeah, there's actually rumors that he's going to be out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, they got rid there's of rumors. their quarterback. Coach went back to Appalachian State, but just rumors. Oh, um, Ponce? I don't remember Ponce. his yeah, Ponce. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ponce. Yeah, he went, he went back to Appalachian State. And, and by the way, now the <clears throat> next offensive coordinator up in Michigan after Gaddis left, he's the co-offensive coordinator, apparently in some type of legal trouble. He said, oh, wait for the uh It the certainly story wasn't good. Yeah. What the – I don't know why the police couched it like this, but it was really weird. So just tell the everybody, Michigan was, uh, co-offensive coordinator under investigation. Uh, Mike Weiss, I believe his name yeah. is. Um, he's under investigation for illegal computer access. Yeah. And it doesn't say, it doesn't go to what he was it doing. Doesn't go to, it. it doesn't go to the level, at least publicly, of right. what happened in Gainesville right. a couple of months oh ago. Oh, my God, yeah. But that's just a weird. Well, the other part. It's I a weird of, way to say that, is it not? Because yeah, whenever you say that, and they didn't immediately say what you're referencing is Jack Miller and what happened uh, there. But I also no, not Jack Miller. Kitna, Kitna. Kitna. Oh, not gosh. Jack Miller. And let me take that back. I apologize. <laughs> Jack Miller is just horrible quarterback, yeah, not a horrible right, person. Right. Two different. Come on, totally, he got put in a bad situation. Totally two not different yet. categories. Yeah, not yet. I apologize to Jack and Kitna. You will have to answer to all those other things later, but. Uh, this one almost seemed like, you know, it could be any It number. could be anything. Yeah. I mean, it could be illegal access. To, he could be, like, illegally accessing the grades, changing grades. Who sure. knows? Yeah. Who yeah. knows? It's just the fact that that's going on right now is a little odd. Wait a minute. Illegal access to the internet? It yeah. said illegal <laughs> access. Right. That's what I'm bro, saying. Fishy. Come on, bro. Yeah. You know what that is. But if he is. But that's why. But if he is going in there and changing grades instead, that would God be. Let me, let me just say this. He, be, he better hope it's changing grades. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because that would uh, be for him personally. Uh, he could he could deal with that compared to some of the other. Or maybe things. it's like fraud or insider trading. You never know. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. A lot way, of a lot of crimes you can do on the internet. Just brought to my attention that apparently uh, Daryl Bevel has withdrawn his name uh-huh. from the uh, Jets OC search. So does it, it either means he had no shot, or he said uh, he wants I don't, to stick around in Miami. He still got Beach. the herb stank on him. Yeah, I don't like that, that situation. At least that didn't last long because he ended up in Miami coaching down there. Uh, with them, so not too bad. All right, Big Sirs, you out? I'm out. Enjoy the rest of the afternoon. I shall. Uh, and uh, never mind. I was going to say locker room. Uh, I was going to go one, two, nothing. Don't even worry about it. Just <laughs> enjoy the rest cigar. of the afternoon. I will. All right, he's out. He's out. All right, the Bari breakdown. We got our man coming up. I did see on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosure. Did you see this one? Uh, doomed, uh, domed, domed a yeah. brisket because he put the, the 
tenting of the tinfoil over the top of it, smoked sausage, and some chicken legs. And he said it was money. It, looks, it looks money. Good. It looks money. I know it's not great radio, but yeah. I think we're going to have to find a way, JJ, to get a couple of these pictures out onto the 10th and XL Twitter. Cooking. By the way, maybe, chicken legs is very that, uh, underrated. Mm-hmm. Very, oh, very, very underrated. Maybe we can make that our uh, maybe our poll question, either mm-hmm. today or tomorrow, about okay. what will you be cooking or what are you most looking forward to eating for those of you that will be headed out into Kansas yep, City. Tomorrow sounds good for that. It's XL Primetime. Our next guest is not affiliated with the NFL or Jacksonville Jaguars. Discussion of injuries is solely based on opinion. Now, the Bari Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Injury Breakdown. I'm coming in. You're coming at the perfect time uh, to look at the menu on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, Geo, because people are like shooting us pictures of all the stuff that they tailgated with. Uh-huh. Like this guy right now grilled. Three seven-pound beef tenderloins. Wow. Uh, and so we have roasted pigs. We have big uh, Boston butts, wings, sausage, all kinds of stuff. So I'm guessing that's going to be the spread that you're going to have Saturday night. Huh? Huh? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to cook all that. I might yeah. get it from somewhere. You might You might want to crank up that pizza oven. Yeah. You're going to get that yeah, thing cranked true. up? All right. That's now, true. listen, how fired we're, up we're for you? We're coming over that if you're cranking yeah. up that pizza oven. I keep inviting you. All right. Yeah, did you see that? That's it was happened. a shot right there. And that was right a shot, at you. totally. All right, so uh, before we get – if you have a sports injury, we've got Dr. George Barry, fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews, uh, a Jacksonvillian, a Jaguar fan. So if you have a sports injury question, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010, and let us know what it is, shoulder, elbow, wrist, ankle, knee, whatever it might be. Now, you text us about this – it was like a neck bracelet yeah. that these guys were wearing the other night. What was that? Well, I was watching the Cowboys game, mm-hmm. and I Cowboys, realized— Cowboys, Bucks, Monday night. They all had that thing around their neck. I had never— Q-collar. Se- right, so I looked up as a Q-collar. I had never seen anyone else wear it besides the Cowboys. I, I don't know, but— So then I looked it up to figure out what is this thing they're wearing around their neck. I thought at first it was like, what are they wearing, headphones? You know, those external headphones? Yes. But then it was interesting. It's supposed to protect your brain. And I was like, how does it do that? So I read about it, and it compresses your jugular veins— and veins push blood towards your heart, right, away from right. whatever body it's connected, body part. So the jugular veins push blood away from your brain, and so by compressing it, it reduces the blood that's leaving the brain, which so causes more. Uh, it fills up the brain more because the, there's more blood in the brain, and that's supposed to prevent motion, right? Because the more right. movement of right. the brain, right. and so per their their website, right, which I'm sure is not biased, but per their studies, it reduces axonal injury and neural injury by 80%, supposedly. Because that's, how long? because with a, with a concussion, that's brain movement is basically what it is. Yeah, and that's why when you get older, an older person, when they fall, they get like a subdural hemorrhage because there's their brain shrinks and there's more space in the brain to oh, move wow. and, and they tear those uh, uh, arterioles and vessels in the brain. They get brain bleeds because there's less mass. And so this is kind of the same concept, but it fills up more mass in the brain, so there's less movement. So it's called the Q-collar, and there is research to back it up, like you said. Repeat the, the number, but then also, do you know how, how long that research has been going on? No, I, I don't know much. I just know that kind of basic stuff. I thought it was right. very interesting. I had never heard about it, and they oh. say 80% decrease reduction of, of injury. Why wouldn't wild. it be, like, mandatory? That's, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a good question, but uh, apparently after I saw that, a bunch of the Cowboys were wearing it. Right, uh, like the receivers and the and the, and the running backs, and then um, I had I thought I saw a couple of the Tampa Bay guys wearing it after I had noticed it. So now that I know it's there, I'm going to try to pay attention to see if any, I don't think any of the Jags wear it that I that I've seen. Not the, also, also those skull caps, the padded caps. Like, yeah, why they, don't they wear, they those. wear those. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, you know, 
I just, it's funny because when I saw it, I put, put my hand around my neck and squeezed my neck. I'm like, that seems annoying. <laughs> I don't know if I don't want to do that. <laughs> but then the idea of what you're saying is for it to kind of slow down the blood flow or keep yeah, it in so, one side versus right. the other. That right. is kind of fascinating. And the fact that it's on an NFL field means that the NFL is moving in that direction yeah. with research to back it up yeah, and all that I'm kind sure. of stuff. Yeah. You know, you think about that. All right, let's get to some sports injuries. And, uh, you know, more than anything else, Doc, uh, let's begin with the toe, the old big toe, like Sergeant Holcomb. Uh, the fact that Trevor Lawrence continues to operate with yeah. little or no, I don't, I don't see any. I think it's nagging, fake. lingering effects <laughs> at all. I think it's fake. I mean, he's doing fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, he didn't walk to the Waffle House in a boot, did he? You know, no, right? he did so, not. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, he he looks fine to me. Well, I don't know. It goes back to that shoe pad that you talked about. He could be wearing that bad Maybe boy the whole time. Maybe he's wearing one of those right, those metal pad, metal bars in the in the shoe that prevent your toe from flexing mm -hmm. and that's what you what you do for a turf toe yeah scattered smothered and covered uh is what i get the waffle house what do you get there uh, it's funny you say that yeah um i told my wife this morning i said we need to go to the waffle house <laughs> i've been before i think i've taken me and her have gone once never taken the kids so maybe it's time oh the kids will love it kids will what do you what do you get what is scattered scattered smothered and covered that means they're going to just Take those hash browns, knock them around, get all those onions, all that goodness in it. Either cover it with an egg or cover it with some of that sausage gravy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just get it. Like, yeah. Well done. Yeah. They yeah are gonna maybe be, a slice of American cheese on it, yeah, too, but well They done. are going to be loving on it. All right. Now, uh, Frank Clark is a guy that we brought up. Now, last week we talked about Joey Bosa with a groin injury, and it didn't seem like it affected him. His mouth affected His mouth. him more than anything right. else. But – the uh, Frank Clark has played basically 15 of 17 games. They got the week off this past week, but he does pop up, pop up on the Chiefs injury report. They don't have a whole lot to worry about, but he's listed as a groin. Now, talking about a pass rusher coming off the edge, same as Joey Bosa. What would they be dealing with, Doc, if you're looking at, at a possible groin injury? I mean, you know, this area has a lot of. We've talked about it before. Has a lot of ad, the adductor muscles attached to it. Your 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 uh, ab abdominals attached to it. So. It could be anything in this region. Groin is is very vague, you know, so it's tough. But it's usually some sort of thigh muscle that attaches to this area that's right. probably overstretched and you know hurting. So it will be that leg, whatever leg it's attached to, will probably lose some explosiveness and pain. And and the question is going to be, you know, how bad, how much does it hurt? And if he does play, is he going to lose any speed be because of it? So mm -hmm. is the groin considered like a core injury? Like we always hear that. Concept, no, you know, technically, injury. if it's a groin, it's not a core injury because it's okay. not your, you know, it's more the hip, hip area. But we have seen, you know, these NFL teams very vague. They say groin injury, and it's kind of when I hear groin injury in the NFL, I think either the hip or the lower abdominals. That okay. that's because they've said that for those injuries before. So the lower abdominals then are not lower abdominals core. are groin, but, but so they're not I mean, our our core, excuse me. Okay. But technically, groin is was more your hip. Okay. And we've seen most of the guys, Jamal Agnew, all the other guys that have been listed, they're still list, listed on the Jaguars injury report, but nothing major. Now, I want to ask you one, uh, because this was actually brought up uh, on Breaking Bones. On, on It's funny you mentioned the toe with Trevor. Um, you can hit the text line, Designed by Lifetime Enclosure, 641-1010. If you do have a sports injury question, if we do miss it now, we'll make sure we get it on Breaking Bones, which will be Sunday morning. Uh, at 7.30 right here on the Superstation. Uh, Doc, can you tell me what plantar fasciitis is? And if I have it, uh, it reads, toes hurt on the bottom when I take a step uh, and the arch on the other foot. Are they the same pain 
um, but in different spots. So plantar fascia is inflammation of the fascia, which is the layer of tissue on the bottom of the foot. It usually hurts more in the morning because when you sleep, you contract in the fetal position, and when you wake up and walk, it stretches. Mm -hmm. So after you sleep or sitting down for a long period of time and get back up, it hurts. Uh, that pain is more heel pain or midfoot pain, not not near the toe, he said, mm -hmm. when he walks. Yeah, toes, yeah. Yeah, so th those are separate items. Plantar fascia, you can get a cortisone shot. They don't recommend too many. You can get one or two. Therapy, stretching of the Achilles tendon is very big. Stretching of the fascia is very big. PRP shots do great for plantar fascia. In the end, there is a surgery for it where you can release the fascia and lengthen the Achilles. It's not super common, but you can do that for, mm -hmm. for plantar fasciitis. It does not go away. But that's, that's extensive. You start talking about having extended. I mean, it's not a huge surgery, but uh, it is a surgery, right? And usually people don't get to that point, but there are, I mean, there is a surgery for, for people who are just do not get better. Right? Mm -hmm. All right, this one, hopefully I'm giving it justice, uh, Doc. At what angle of hip dysplasia would a hip labrum tear not be fixable uh, due to an overstretch of the groin? That, so repeat the first part. Uh, dysplasia? Yeah, but what was so, it? read the question again. At what angle of hip dysplasia would a hip labrum tear not be fixable uh, due to an overstretch of the groin? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know that answer off the top of my head because uh -huh. there's certain angles you have to do off the x-ray. Right. Um, I, I don't do labral pairs of the hip. Mm -hmm. There's only like one or two guys in town that do. Right. Um, and, and so I don't know that answer off the top of my head, but if you do have hip dysplasia or arthritis, mm -hmm. you don't do a labral repair, but I don't know the exact angle. Mm-hmm. That's I mean that's like a major sports injury if that happens right like that isn't that what Bo had the hip dysplasia no Bo Jackson he had avascular necrosis what's the difference Beca so hip dysplasia is when you're born with when your hip is a different shape okay, okay. avascular necrosis and maybe that's what they mean avascular necrosis mm -hmm. um, avascular necrosis is when the blood supply to the hip dies and he got that because he I believe he fractured and dislocated his hip right okay and we talked about I believe Tua did that yeah mm -hmm. so when you dislocate your hip or and fracture the acetabulum, which is the roof of the hip, you have a very high chance of death of that of the blood supply because the arteries can rip, right, when they get dislocated, and the blood supply starts dying slowly. And so you get avascular necrosis. And so the, the head of the femur starts dying. And that's a different story. That is the hip replacement. In the end, you can do what we call core decompression, where you drill inside of it, inject some stem cells, and drill hoping that the blood supply comes back. Um, somewhat successful-ish, but in the end, you will need a hip replacement. How did Tua successfully navigate that then? Well, you know, he's lucky. And that doesn't mean that he's not starting with the AVN, right? And right. if you got to face it later. Right, he won't face it in a couple of years. I think Bo Jackson got a hip replacement two years later, if I'm not mistaken from his injury. But Tua, if you get an MRI of his hip, he may be showing signs of AVN, and maybe he's not feeling it yet. Right. I, I don't know. All right, good stuff. All right, Doc, uh, Breaking Bones, Sunday morning, 730. Uh, they can find it all over the place. Yeah, Spotify, Google, Apple. And we decided again, uh -huh. since apparently we obviously are the good luck charm. We are the good luck charm. And every time we do our show pre-recorded before the game, the Jaguars win. Yeah. So we're going to pre-record it, and we're going to make our assumptions that we won because we're going to win. Exactly. And go from there. we got to keep you this up to the Super Bowl. By the man. way, the enormity of the other night uh, – all the way through the end, you were there, diehard. The whole way. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. It was like 10 o'clock, uh -huh. 10.30, and it was halftime. And my son was like, Dad, I'm freezing, and it's, we're getting our butts whooped. I, was, I told my wife, I go, do you want to just go? And she said, no. I was like, all right. I mean, I want to stay, but, you know, he's tired. He's six, and we're getting – it's not looking good. It's freezing cold. But we stayed. Yeah. Now the little man's got a memory forever. All right, Gio, we appreciate it. Uh, Instagram? 
Dr. George Bari. All right, make sure you check him out there. We will have Breaking Bones Sunday morning, 730. Send some questions. If you do have them still, we'll try and make sure that they get on the show on Sunday morning. Uh, XL primetime rolling into the 2 o'clock hour. Back to your Jags. Back to some of the storylines as far as the Kansas City Chiefs are concerned. Where can you get the Chiefs on the defensive side of the ball uh, with the way Trevor Lawrence came back in the second half? That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We begin the 2 o'clock hour with some injury news out of Kansas City. Meekhol Hardeman will not practice for a second straight day for the Chiefs. Frank Clark, who was limited yesterday, is expected to work a bit more, according to Matt Derrick of Chiefs Digest and our good friends over at Sports Radio 810. Those are the only two players that popped up on the injury report for the Chiefs yesterday. And in case you missed it, Meekhol Hardeman and Frank Clark both both missed the first meeting with the Jaguars week 10. Uh, are, are they scared? Well, it's funny because – In this town, we ain't never scared, yeah, I yeah, hear. Yeah, you can run. You can't hide, though. Uh, but Meekhol Hardeman, when he came back, we know that he's a dynamic player. He's cat quick. He's all that stuff. And so once they got him paired up with Kadarius Tony, who had been brought in there, uh, both guys kind of equally dynamic speed-wise – uh, they had some options, but they haven't been in there healthy, both of them at the same time, very often. That's why they had to go to Pacheco and McKinnon and those guys out of the backfield trying to scheme up different things. Uh, Juju Smith, good possession guy, not necessarily going to beat you deep uh, and, and make that big play. And, of course, Juju Smith-Schuster was injured in that game, mm-hmm. uh, courtesy of a hit of Andre Sisco, a legal hit, Yeah, which may I remind you. Uh, yeah. But those Chiefs fans, man – I've never Andre Cisco is one of the most approachable dudes in that locker room. Like the hatred and vitriol. I mean, over one hit. I, I get it. Uh, it. It the same thing would happen here. That's honestly, true. it, That's it true. would happen here. It doesn't matter if, if if your guy gets hurt. That guy did it. You're you know that guy's at fault, and they're gonna they're gonna come for him. But go out there and play. That's all. Well, Cisco there's also can nothing do. wrong with having a reputation as being a big hitter. Exactly. I, I mean, That's I what his that reputation was in college. That's a badge of honor, baby. And, and, and anyone comes across the middle. You, you, got you, don't, you don't think receivers know that? Right. And, and, and by the way, these, these defenders are much more aware of fines, of being flagged, of being kicked out, of all those things. They have to play almost with a gear down at times. And so whenever you can get what was a legal hit, and he made sure it was a legal hit, whenever you can get those, you gotta, you got to deliver them. All right. Speaking of wide receivers, let's hit a college. That just happened. Brought to you by... Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. According to On3 Sports, Georgia wide receiver A.D. Mitchell has entered the transfer portal. He will have three years to play, seeing as he hasn't burned his redshirt season. The 2021 signee is the second Georgia wideout to seek a transfer this week as Dominic Blaylock, the rising fifth-year senior who has two years of eligibility remaining, also entered the portal this week. Mm -hmm. I mean, if he got two rings... If you got two rings, what you got to have another challenge, right? There's got to be another challenge for you. Oh. I'm actually surprised that, that more of those guys haven't left. That, that not that, not the guys that are like the elite of the elite, but the guys that have right. played well and could be elite if they get the opportunity. He's been injured a lot, um, so it's it's you got two rings, man. You want to go where you can be the number one, the guy that catches 80 balls and has you know 1,400 yards and yeah, what 12 about, touchdowns. What about that guy that is ready to step up and be a star at a place where stars have won big things? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that still should count for them, too. It's just it's going to be hard. Uh, historically speaking, you grew up, most of you, with a lot of guys that you will remember as a college star at one school. That's just probably not, not going to happen. Anymore. No. As often 
anymore, and it's going to become he, less. And he's and a good less. player. A.D. Mitchell is a good player. Well, A.D. Mitchell literally has two of the biggest grabs in the last two calendar years mm-hmm. of college football. He caught the go-ahead touchdown in the 2022 national title mm-hmm. game, mm-hmm. and then he caught the touchdown to give Georgia the 42-41 um, lead. Or no, excuse me. They no. He just caught a ten-yard pass. That was what but, set them up for the um, set them I up guess, for the touchdown. I forget which uh, one it was, but it was either way. Like he for the he, sweep, I believe. It yeah, was. for the sweep. Right. Yeah. He ha- he set up one of the touchdown passes. So, I mean, listen, he's from Texas. He was hurt a lot of twenty twenty two, like Matt alluded to. But I mean, if you, it's not like he's some guy who's just riding the pine. No, he's a good player. He's. I mean, it, honestly, we keep saying this because it's you're wondering when. Florida's going to do something of impact in the transfer portal. That's a guy that would be a player of impact in the transfer portal if they can get him. Yeah, and and you hope any of these guys that uh, come into the portal for any school that you root for, that your coaches are on it, they're paying attention. They have to be recruiting high schools and recruiting a portal. Uh, that's what they got to keep their eye on. And as you said, you can you only have a, a couple more days to enter it, but you could stay there until there's a spot. The problem is, is sometimes this is the classic – college football musical chairs, there's all these spots that open up, but if they don't invite you out of the transfer portal to come play for them, you're going to be stuck. There'll be a spot for him. Oh, yes. Like, yes. He, could, he could go to Tennessee. He could go to Ole Miss. Like he, he, that I agree My guess with. is he'll stay in the SEC and go to a, a place that throws it all over the place. Yeah, that, that I agree Will he go with. home to Texas since they will be joining the SEC soon? I don't mm-hmm. think so. No. I mean, he might. He might. It's possible. I, I would, I would think – if I'm him, honestly, if I'm an elite receiver – why would you not go to Tennessee, mm-hmm. right? Well, the, I, I guess you have to figure out whether Milton's going to be able to deliver the ball to you the way uh, the last guy did, Hendo did. And then in the Orange Bowl against a good defense. Uh, you know, uh, uh, three touches, no picks. The, the son-in-law, son-in-law argue, uh, and I argue about it all the time. I just don't see it in him. I don't. I see an improved player. Plus, you've got the $8 million man behind him. Yeah, yeah, right. I was going to. Think about him really more than anything else. But I see an improved player uh, from a couple years ago, and Hypo probably has a lot to do with that. But Oh, I bet he'll be real good next year. Yeah. We'll I see. bet he'll play really well. He, the, first off, his teammates love him. Love him. And he's grown from, the, from the, his first game, even really the second game. The first game against Bowling Green two years ago was ridiculous. Just literally all he did was just first read run. Mm-hmm. And then the pick game was even worse, and then that's why Hedden Hooker got in. But – since that point to now, I mean, you watch the Orange Bowl. He really he played bad. well. Yeah, he was not bad. So you give him another. Just because 15, I took Clemson and, and laid the points. That's why whatever. you're upset. You give him another 15 bowl practices where he's the one. He's the guy. He's getting all the first team reps. You go through the offseason where he's the guy. He's leading all the offseason reps. Mm-hmm. You go into fall camp where he gets 30 days of getting all the first team reps. He's going to play well next year. Yeah, he's got a chance. On the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, we're getting uh, pictures of tickets for the uh, Duval Duval Divisional Watch Party, uh, which will be down at Daly's. Let's repeat some of the details of that uh, because that'll be cool for anybody who wants to be down there taking it all in. Some even have their actual ticket that they've sent to us as far as uh, what you can plan on, but the gates will open, or actually the lots will open, and then that watch party will get cranking. Yes, that that is the the plan. And then, then of course, they will have the send-off on Friday as well. Mm-hmm. Again, free entry, free parking. That is at the um, uh, Jaguar statue outside of the west side of the right. stadium. And so Daly's Place, it looks like <laughs> that they will have it cranking sometime around Lot uh, J. And it looks like Lot J and D should open up around 3 o'clock. Get everybody in there, and then the watch party will really be cranking. Cool. 
uh, at Daly's place. By the way, I love George to death, but mm-hmm. remember when he said he they were confident the whole time? You know, George texted us, mm-hmm. and the quote was, guys, this is unheard of. Yeah. And that's all he said. <laughs> Well, I think that was after like the fourth pick. Yeah, it was unheard. It was unheard of. He was, uh, everybody he was not doing well. Yeah, everybody who said that they had belief had doubt. They had doubt because the, this team was getting pantsed, as we've used that word. I don't a know. Bunch there was this, literally no texts in our group, mm-hmm. our XL primetime group. No one texts. Yeah, this is done. They're done. No one texted. No, no. But um, it, if they hadn't scored I, I already before told you half, guys. I already told you guys. The the ball off the dome of Claybrooks is when I that said those dang football gods have have done it to, to Duval. That's when I thought, okay, it cannot possibly get any worse. And thankfully, it did not get any worse uh, because you had the comeback of a lifetime. JJ, do you have the uh, the Twitter poll results uh, from yesterday? Uh, just as far as you know, yeah, it wasn't really a poll, so I don't have yeah. results. But I basically just posted like, what what is the greatest playoff game in Jaguars history? Yeah. And uh, we had a ton of results. Let me. Okay, here we go. Um, so we had. And you wow, had put up there. You had put up picture wise. Dolphins uh, losing Dolphins, the Jags. I put up Saturday's game. I put up the Denver Broncos game from the late '90s, and I put 2017 Pittsburgh game. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Broncos game was the greatest because of how the season went, and they were huge underdogs. Denver was so dominant that year. Last Saturday night, it was amazing. Gosh, those Steelers ones were great, but the Chargers game, I think, seals the deal. Denver 96. Uh, someone's commenting that Steelers pick us from the regular season game, not the playoffs. I apologize. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just feel uh, like beating Marino 62 to 7 and causing him to retire. We have so many answers. Yeah, you ran, yeah they, they ran him off. They ran Jimmy Johnson and Dan Marino off in one game, 62 to 7. But seeing what you saw Saturday night. It's, it is so dang rare. Third biggest comeback in NFL postseason history. So when you want to say I was there for that, that's probably the one that you might bring up yeah. more than the other ones. That's for sure. Oh, we have a, a an entry that I didn't expect. Mm-hmm. Patriots 2017, we all know who really won the game. <laughs> Hashtag Miles Jack wasn't down. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's Love beautiful. It. Love it. Um, right. Real quick, I, I do huh? want to circle back to the college ranks as – it does look like we have a bit of news in that front as well, JJ. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both 24-7 sports and rivals are reporting that TCU is going to officially announce Kendall Bryles as their next offensive coordinator. Of course, uh, another family relative, uh, mm-hmm. that being Lincoln Riley's little brother, just left the post as TCU OC to head to Clemson last week. Yeah, and Bryles heads out of the SEC. and Kendall's really good. Yeah. The, the bigger move is Garrett. Is Garrett Riley because what what Dabo did is he fired one of his assistants, which he never to rarely does. Okay, this is the first Brandon time in Streeter. a while he fired Brandon Streeter and then got one of the best names in the game to come over there. The next step for Dabo is you got to start mining the transfer portal, man. Whether you like it or not, right? You got to start doing yeah, you, it. You, you can if make he all, wants to get back to that playoff, right. he's got to start doing yeah, it. Yeah, you can make all these declarations, but you better figure out how to. You promote it from within. Your coordinators did not do uh, nearly as good a job as you thought that they might. You you were rewarding people. PC in, was good. They're yeah, all right in defense. Yeah, yeah, you're right. The defense was good, but we're still comparing it to Venables and, right. and and take a look at what did happen against Joe Milton and company. If we if we want to be critical here, uh, but anyway, he put faith in the system and promoted guys, which is a great thing. 
Uh, but then you start looking around. You go, you know what? I need innovation. I need uh, a guy that, that can come in there and, and, and call plays. Uh, I got this, uh, you know, this young kid. He needs kid dudes at receiver is what he needs. Yeah, well, that's true, too. That's how he, he should be going after A.D. Mitchell. Yeah. All right, Golf Club of Southampton bringing you today's show. You can check them out, 287-PLAY. Look online, see just you know the awesome experience. Rate is always important. They'll make sure that they take care of you, but you can plan an event. You can plan a foursome. You can head on out there and check out the great doings uh, with the practice area and then also Friday night on the patio. They always cook up a great menu. They've got entertainment, music right there on the patio. It's always, always fun. Friday nights at the Golf Club of Southampton. We keep it going with the Jags. And a couple of things as far as the entire playoff picture is concerned worth bringing up. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. One day closer to Jaguars Chiefs on a Saturday night at Arrowhead Stadium. In case you missed it, uh, the weather forecast changed a little bit, boys. We're now looking at, what was it, JJ? A 60% chance of precipitation. Correct. Beginning at 3 o'clock local time. Oh, the game kicks off at 3.30 local time. And it's a mix of snow and rain. And that's actually a good segue to one of my keys to the game that I kind of want to get y'all's take on. Um Severe weather would indicate, inclement weather, mm-hmm. would indicate maybe the Jaguars run the ball a little bit more than they otherwise would. We have seen firsthand when they went up to Philadelphia and quite literally played in a hurricane, that do- that does not deter that was Doug no Peterson. Bueno. He will still throw the ball regardless of the weather. Um, what I am so curious about, though, is it was a beautiful, albeit 28-degree day. Mm-hmm. Sun was shining, so it felt like 45 the last time the Jags played at Arrowhead. And Travis Etienne, 11 carries for 45 yards. That's a 4.1-yard average. Better yet, as you alluded to, Joe, uh-huh. one of those 11 carries was a 10-yarder. So now you're looking at 10 carries for 35 yards, yeah. three and a half yards a clip. He averaged five and a half last week, granted, against a Chargers run defense that stinks. I think so the way, the way which you, way do you go? Well, the weather definitely can have a factor. Uh, it's just smart to look at it that way. But it's also, from the coach's point of view, Smart to look at it like, do I want to run into that brick wall? Uh, and what are we better at? And I just feel like the point I made earlier in the show, I'm going to see if it plays out because I believe Doug Peterson says, okay, just because I did it once doesn't mean I'm not going to do it again. Or he can also say just because I did it then, doesn't don't expect me to do it now. And so he wants to give them the idea, the illusion, uh, that the playbook's the playbook the play, is the playbook and that he doesn't have any more kind of plays tucked away so he he abandoned the run a little bit because they were behind he might be relying on etn a little bit more this go around he might be doing some different things to try and take on that run and see if he can do something secondary is softer for kc than that run defense is okay that's that's the stats say so but it doesn't mean that he still won't try and attack what they think is their strength and see if he can, un, you know, just kind of unhinge them a little bit. I told you guys earlier, they gave up 33 touchdowns through the air, okay? More they, than the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, they give up big plays. And so this team's got to be ready for to, to you, like, you, like they did in the second half. You know, they stretch it a little bit. They need to be ready to go for you that. you got to attack them where they're weak. And yeah. I, I mean, I get it. I mean, the, you know, the old coach says. Right, which you don't expect. you got to run. you got to run during when it's rain and bad weather. But, look. Receivers know where they're going in bad weather. Mm-hmm. DBs don't. Yeah. 
So you have the advantage. And if you've got an, a quarterback that can throw it accurately in that bad weather, which Mahomes has proven over and over and over that he can, right? Then you got to you got to do what you got to do. You, you know, do so, you do what makes you feel like you have a chance to win the game. They they have to throw the ball. Yeah. What's so funny though? You think of these forecasts, and who knows what it'll look like on Saturday. But remember going into San Francisco, Seattle last week, and, and Vegas was paying a great deal of People attention to this. People were panicked on the yeah. morning show on NFL Network that like right. the stadium was going to be underwater. Yeah, they said it's just going to be a, a, a sloth, a slog. All these. You know what it was? It never rained a drop. <laughs> it never rained a drop. And it was Are a. You trying to tell me that the news likes to put out panic? Is that what oh, you're saying? Oh, I've never heard of that. Uh, is that possible, Sweet Lou Turner? He's he's a he's a full time. Full-time morning guy, part-time meteorologist. Part-time swim coach, by the way. I or love at least, Lou. Or at least Olympic dad. We're very proud. Lou. We're very proud of Ollie. Yeah. Olympics, be, Rio de Janeiro 2036. I yeah, can't wait. Yeah. Uh, he may be going under directive. I have no idea. But, uh, yeah, they do like to forecast, uh, you know, bad things to happen as opposed to good things to happen. They can't walk out there and go, it's going to be sunny all day. We'll see you all later. You know, they want to give you something else to think about. But in this case – you're, it, just a, you're just a denier, Jojo. That's in this case, it is true. Offense knows what they're doing. Defense doesn't. Uh, and you hope that the guys that you have are going to be sound. They're not going to yeah, let I mean, that, you know, not let it slip through their hands, anything like that. The elements are the elements. They're not easy. Especially in if their past defense is weak, which it clearly is. And you've got just three white-hot guys at mm-hmm. receiver. Yeah. Even put Marvin there, four. Yeah. yeah. And you've got a quarterback who's white-hot. Mm-hmm. Throw the ball. Yeah. Well, that's what they're going to do. Yeah. I, if, I, if I'm forecasting, not what the weather is, but I'm forecasting Doug Peterson's call sheet, uh, when it's all said and done, it's gonna. I feel like it's going to be uh, two-thirds, one-third. More air than ground, yeah. Yeah, I, I really do. It, it may be a little bit less than that. It may be 60-40, but still. That's I mean, the how, game dictates it clearly. Yes, but yeah, because that you, other team's going to score. Yeah, you would think you, you're going to have to score. Yeah, now I don't, they, they went into that game early, uh, two months ago. Thinking they needed more possessions, mm-hmm. they onside kicked the first play of the game. Right, right. So you you have to score points. I love the idea of playing keep away. It's 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 very simple. It's moto. It's master of the obvious that keep the ball away from Mahomes. You, you always see those classic pictures where the quarterback is sitting on the sidelines waiting to get the ball back. And this team has been on some lengthy drives this year. They've held the ball a dozen and a half, sixteen plays their longest drive, something like that. So they can do it. They're capable of it. Well, Let's they did it they coming can. out of the locker room this past Saturday. Beautiful. Seven and a half minute drive. And, and it's critical. Yeah, uh, excuse me, 89 yards. That was that was big. That was major after forcing them to punt. So some other deep cuts as I'm looking at the box score from that previous meeting. And again, these two teams are very different than they were 10 weeks ago. But Jarek McKinnon, running back. Let, let's touch that first because then I do want to touch the tight end piece mm-hmm. once again. Uh, that's what she said. Um, mm-hmm. Jarek McKinnon, six catches, 56 yards out of the backfield. Sorry. Running backs mm-hmm. in the receiving game have had an, had the Jaguars number for whatever the reason this year. I believe the Jaguars are like top five in allowing receiving yards to running backs. That's why so many people were so worried about Austin Eckler mm-hmm. one week ago. We saw them shut down Austin Eckler in the run game, 13 carries for 35 yards, only two catches for eight yards. And the, the first one came early. Right, you know? exactly. So my question is, Eckler is a little different because he has, you know, there there's, you know, a, a big mark on him. Like, you, you know where he is. He's got an X. Like, gotta you're like, yeah, we, we got to account for him. McKinnon's just another cog in the machine. And so that, that's one that I do have some concerns He's about scary this good. I, I, I was looking back at a stat, and I don't know if I have it in front of me right now, but uh, he has all of a sudden kind of struck a little bit of oil here of late. 
and has become a very valuable guy for them, that unexpected guy that you're talking about, and that's the guy that you do have to worry about. And I just keep mentioning Paco uh, Pacheco because he's the unexpected guy that you've got to worry about. That's two guys coming out of the backfield. Uh, you want to talk about uh, Doug Peterson self-scouting and making sure that he throws something at you you don't expect? Oh, Andy Reid will do that. He definitely will do that. And those tight ends? The fact that he threw four different ones at Jacksonville that got in the end zone. He knows he knows right. what's up. He knows the, where to attack. Right. So the, the four touchdowns that the Chiefs mm-hmm. scored in that last meeting, one was Travis Kelsey, the other was fellow tight end Noah Gray, mm-hmm. and then Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Kadarius Tony, mm-hmm. who I believe we, we kind of touched on that piece. I know on helmets and heels last night, mm-hmm. and I know we touched on it. That was the hop, yeah. right? Yeah, the hopper. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. again, Kadarius Tony, 177 yards receiving this entire season. But yeah. w- but wait for it, wait yeah. for it. 56 came, or excuse me, okay. not 56, 57 came yeah. against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. So he uh, the, he will have a lot of his weapons at his disposal. He's not afraid to trust any of those guys to make plays, and we'll see what he does. Um, I, w- I want to throw a, a bet you. Uh, Let's do for it. A funky fact at you right now. Time now for a funky fact. Get funky with Funky Buddha. All right, first half of this is, I think, gettable. Uh, but I want to say this as, as a setup to get to the next one. Who was the oldest quarterback uh, in the remaining eight? Dak Prescott. Okay, so that's not it. Wow. That's not, that's not a yes, sir. I've seen I'm, the graphic I, like 18 times yeah, in the last that's, four, that's, 48 hours. That's why I knew that, that, that she would get that, one of you would get that. And the reason I bring it up is because he's 29 years old, and he is the oldest quarterback in the round of eight. It's wild. It's crazy uh, because of the changing of the guard. Tom's gone. Aaron was didn't even make it. You know, all these guys that you have had in the past. All right, so let's go to the AFC. All four starting quarterbacks, Allen, Burrow, Trev, Mahomes, they are all young, 26 years of age or younger, okay? So let's go back in time, all right? You go back in the National Football League, AFC divisional rounds, okay? Only twice in the history of the National Football League has this happened where that many guys were under the age of 27 because they're 26 or younger, okay? Only twice. In the history of the league. In the history of the league. Now, not to drag this on, but let's just have a little fun with this, and I'll probably go to the Matt portion of this question. You should give us the teams, and we should. Give well, you I'm just the gonna. Players. I'm just gonna start off with. I think it was like when Namath and Bob Greasy. No, and I'm just gonna start off with. When 19- was Brady 20? I, I don't think that ever happened. He yeah. was never in his 20s. Yeah, I'm just gonna start off with 1984. That's when. That's one of the two times it happened. All right. 1984. That's Marino. Hmm. Is it Kelly? Nope. It's not Blackledge. No, but you, when you say Marino, you gotta say. Joe Montana. No. The, Who? The, I, the classic 30 to 30 for 30 was Elway to Marino. Right, right, because, right. Okay. Because yeah, okay. Elway right. was the number one pick that year. Then Marino came Wait, later. Wait, was Ken O'Brien, did he have the Jets in the playoffs? Nope. The other two are very, uh, you just won't get them. Okay. Right, what are they? So John Elway and, Don, and Dan Marino were two of the four that were 26 years or younger in 1984. Wait, the, I might get one of them. Mm-hmm. Gary Hogaboom. Nope. All right, who? Mark Hoga, who? Cow- Cowboys quarterback. He was like Danny White was injured, and he played that year. Mark Malone and Dave Craig. Okay. Mark Malone could pass as Tom Selleck if he wanted to. Dave Craig is a guy that you just heard of and may not remember. All right, so those are the four in 1984. The other one was less than five years ago. Who so were the four? It was probably like 
So it must have been whenever Brady Mahomes, wasn't in the Lamar. So this is in the divisional round. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Brady didn't make the divisional round in Lamar's twenty. Definitely it, so it's... His last year was twenty nineteen. Right, so let's sting up Lamar. Lamar, Mahomes. Let's sting up Mahomes. So I think it's twenty nineteen. So it would be Jared Goff. Well, he's in the NFC. Oh, we're yeah. ju- oh we're sorry, we're just yeah. doing the AFC. AFC. Um, so that would have been twenty nineteen. So who? Uh, Baker Mayfield. There you oh. go. All right, Good it's one. not the correct year, but since we are. Forging forward, it yeah. is okay. Baker Mayfield. So maybe it's 2020 so one then. One more. Yeah, it's 2020. All right, so 20. I knew it was in that neck of the woods. I'm like, okay. Um, uh, who else was I left? The COVID year. Right, so it's 2020. So Mahomes. The- it's Josh Allen. Yeah, there we hey, go. There we go. There it is. Because I thought really Baker cool. might be the one that we wouldn't get, but Allen, Mahomes, Lamar, and yeah, Baker. Yeah, I was surprised about Baker. And so that's the Forgot only other that. time. That was a good poll. Buddy. Give you guys all a yes, sir, on that one. Let's go. Thank you, bro. All right. You're heading to the locker room. Yes, sir. And we will get more on the YouTube channel, 1010XL. Make sure you check out all the social outlets for more stuff coming from the locker room. It is XL Prime. is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. XL Primetime, hanging out till the 3 o'clock hour. French show coming up after us. Joe C., Maddie Hayes, Mia heading down to the locker room. Big search out earlier. We've got all sorts of things cranking and cooking for Saturday with the divisional playoffs right now. The National Football League, all, all eyes are on these young quarterbacks. All eyes are on uh, what could be a coming out party for Trevor Lawrence after that comeback from 27 down. You can talk about a few other guys that are definitely in position to where they're looking at you know, the idea of, uh, of making their name in the postseason. And believe it or not, Brock Purdy has an opportunity to be in that conversation and that storyline Dak Dak Prescott's got to prove that he can go on the road with the Dallas Cowboys against a San Francisco 49 defense that's really really good a run game that's really tough to stop Uh, and the Dallas Cowboys may have fixed themselves in a lot of ways Monday night Uh, but they are basically traveling on a short work week that's that's just the way it is um, no, this, this time of the season, they're yeah. in the short weeks. Yeah, you're man. right. You're right. Just go play. Yeah. But the fact that the NFL decided to create this little super wildcard weekend, this is now the, the second year that they've had the Monday, um, Monday game. And I think they fixed it's a themselves. great opportunity yeah. for them. They fixed themselves defensively, I think. That's I just, more than anything, which is going to be bad news for Purdy. Yeah, I just I feel like, and you and I were like on opposing sides with this yesterday, and it'll be fun to watch and see how this game unfolds. I just think. Tom Brady played a terrible game. He played a terrible game. Offensive line was not very good, did not help him at all. There was absolutely no run game to speak of at all. Now, if I'm looking at one thing, it's that run game they saw and had to stop and really didn't have to worry about very much Monday night compared to something that is a it's a motorhome of talent. It's not a one bedroom studio. It's a motorhome of the talent. The O line, yeah. 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 And, and the and the back the the backfield. They've got Christian McCaffrey has scored seven straight games. I think that's his career best. Right. And then they got Elijah Mitchell, who is definitely a very, very good player, one you should not discount. Uh, and they've just got a lot. And let's not forget their fullback, who can pop up from time to Plus time. McCaffrey is really yeah. running yeah. hard. Yeah, right McCaffrey's now. just, he's, he's, he's blended he's got beautifully. He's like second win in his career. Yeah, blended beautifully. Now, 
The other part of that is Brock Purdy did get rattled a little bit this last time. That was against Seattle. Who knows what Dallas can do? Dan Quinn will probably be dialing some stuff up. I also think it's who knows what Brock Purdy's going to do when he falls behind. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the big thing. Mm-hmm. When they fall behind and it gets to the point where he has to make throws. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he can't do it. I just want to see where he's trailing. It's the second half he's trailing and he's got to make throws in a big game. That's yeah. all. Yeah. And and when the pressure's on, we all know how quickly it can be. It can corkscrew you right sure. into the ground and, and, and you are done. And so I've been like I've been trying to forecast that, you know, kind of looking ahead and saying he's not gonna be able to do that. He's not gonna be able to do that. And he keeps doing it. Right. And and I gotta give him credit for that. We'll see whether or not he can do it. But the other pressure that's out there is Dak's now won a playoff game. I think he's two two and four right now is his record. And Mike McCarthy has got to feel some pressure to keep moving it on. He, By the way, did you see him in the in the locker room dancing? With oh, that, it was it was that was Jana. That was that was awful. McCarthy or Dak? Uh, McCarthy. McCarthy. Oh, geez. Oh, it was terrible. It, uh, I'm pulling like, it, it was, up right it now. It was hideous. You got to you got to see it because I'm trying hideous. to think of the worst coach head coach celebration but, dance I've ever seen. Oh, well, I agree with you totally. What but, about uh, uh, our boy LSU? It wasn't it wasn't really a celebration. Way dance. Brian Kelly, the Southerner. It, it, Where do you wor- see it? Okay, I'm watching Where right now. Where do you see it? Yeah, you got to look at this. So, so they put a chain around his neck, they give him a hug, and then he's – He makes one move, and he's done. It's... Oh, he... whoa. <laughs> right, so he you. sort of, like, puts his belly out yeah. and then does, like, the, the thing waddle. with his arms. No, what the heck he's doing? It's an arm waddle. It's like a wave with his arms. It's an arm waddle. Okay, so you know, like, those at uh, auto dealerships, the uh, – the blow up, the, the blow up inflatable yeah. guy that just gets blown around. That's sort of what he looks. Like. But the thing is, though, is he like <laughs> and you know, then he there's, quits. there's been like a weird friction between him and the players for since he's been there, you know. Yeah. And now he's, you know, moments like that can kind of galvanize a team. And all I'm telling you is they they're gonna play really well in that game. Yeah. That that that, that could be a dangerous spot for the Niners. Well, it, it, nothing is guaranteed. <laughs> We're talking about the field of eight. I'm looking to see what the line is. So yeah, like. If we're talking about what I think Kyle, it's four. Is it four? Mm-hmm. We're talking about what Kyle Shanahan has done. It if we argue about coach of the year, I would argue Doug Peterson here all day. But what Kyle Shanahan has had to deal with Remarkable. and has done is pretty dang good. Uh and we'll find out whether it keeps rolling. But yeah, if you're if you're Dan Quinn, you are strategizing, hypothesizing, coming up with all sorts of ideas of how you're just gonna terrorize Brock Purdy in any way, shape, or form. And they may get you with the run, uh, but they're gonna try and obviously Stop the run, force him to beat them, and then they're going to have to have the Micahs of the world step up and knock him around. Uh, yeah, it's right I there. I got three and a half four. right now. Is it three and a half? On okay. my bookie, yes. Okay, all right. It's dropping. So it's moving a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and by the way. You knew people would react to that big win on Monday. Yeah. Oh, you you know it. And, Betters. And, and, and the Cowboys are a bettable bunch now. People love plunking money down right. uh, in Vegas uh, You know, uh, for the team with the star on the helmet. And did you guys check out? This is the one thing. we got to get ready for the French show. But one thing that was beautiful about the last two Saturday nights at the bank, and you can give yourself a round of applause, all of Duval, they filled up this house. It was teal. It was teal. Did you see Tampa Town with all those Cowboy, all those Cowboy fans Cowboys, down yeah. there? Yeah. Okay, and, and they're only two years removed from Tampa Bay? Yeah. Wow. Maybe Tom Brady's last game ever, and there were a ton of Cowboy fans down there. Give yourself a round of applause, all of Duval. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. The embedded and shredded Hayes Carline 
in the SJC, Bartram Springs, for a little island wing action. What up, Hayes Carline? What is up? Yes, we are here at my home away from home, Island Wing Company in Bartram Durban Park here in St. John's County, and we are excited for a Jaguars-packed Frangie show. We are going to continue to break down Saturday's game against the Chiefs. Our good buddy Jacob is here. Jacob's in a good spot because he likes the Jaguars and the Chiefs, so he's going to be happy <laughs> regardless. But, uh, but yeah, we're uh, looking forward to having fun at Island Wings. Love being here, and uh, it should be a fun Frangie show coming up. Yeah, doesn't it feel like, Hayes, wherever you guys have gone, there's been a party uh, here of late because uh, even, like, this is something that you can appreciate a little bit, uh, and, Maddie, you can too. Uh, Hayes, former uh, beat writer for the Florida Gators back in the day. It's been with the you know, Jaguar beat, and then, of course, our Jaguar beat for a long time. Anyway, someone on the text line earlier, Hayes, said there's Jaguar gear showing up in Gainesville. Did you ever think that would happen? Uh, and I, it, it says something about the run that this team is on. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I love hearing that. If, uh, you know, if you're in Gainesville and you like football, you got to have something positive to, to <laughs> hope for. So why not Hitter. jump on Hitter. the Jaguar bandwagon? Yep, yeah, they've, they've uh, gotten rid of their Jaden Rashada shirts, uh, and now they're going ahead and putting the teal and black on. Because, uh, honestly, this type of run, and you know this, it will start to permeate other counties around. Uh, you know, Central Florida will now start to look up instead of look down towards the Bucks way. That's what, that's what this win streak is doing right now. There's no question about it. We know how sports is. You know, it becomes the once, once your team gets, you know, good and, and maybe elite look we'll see what happens in this tournament uh you know you start having the people that are like oh yeah I had a buddy in third grade that was a fan I've always liked the Jaguars or yeah you know I th these 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 chance encounters or the, these brief moments of possible fandom uh you know become glorified oh I've been with them the whole time which is great <laughs> look we just want fans you know we just uh we, we've got a great amount of diehards but you know I I think the, the excitement building for the, for the fans that are more of the casual variety, look, that's outstanding. You want uh, as much support as you can get, and uh, that's only going to make the franchise better. All right, what's coming up this afternoon, Big Bro? We are going to talk tons of Jaguars. Uh, Frank's got a couple really interesting questions that he's going to ask us about Doug Peterson, about Trevor Lawrence, kind of would you trade kind of questions. And I got to say, uh, it's, it, I never thought I'd say this, but it really seems like the Jaguars are in a spot where at, at the key positions, I'm not sure you'd make a lot of trades you know, around the league. I, I think you'd have to be pretty content with the, the guys that you have at, at quarterback and coach at least. So we'll get into all that coming up on the Frangie Show here at uh, Island Wing Company in Bartram Park. Vince Lombardi or Doug Peterson? <laughs> Doug Peterson. <laughs> nice. I think Hayes just said it is. Lombardi built. is overrated. <laughs> He's a hack. <laughs> all right, dude, we'll be listening. We'll he doesn't later. embrace analytics. <laughs> I mean, clearly. Oh, it is Love built. Hayes. Oh, I love it. All right, so they got that coming up. We are out. We say thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Uh, and you could, honestly, any of these subjects, you go out there, you get you a couple cold Bud Lights, you get you 18 holes uh, of championship golf, you will have a fun time talking sports, being with pros, whatever it might be. Just call the Golf Club of Southampton 287-PLAY. It's the home of the 9 after 5, and it can be your golf home as well. Joe C., MOB down at the locker room, Matty Hayes, Big Sirson, JJ. Francis Show coming up next.